This episode of Off My Shelf contains coarse language and adult conversation. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Tracy James, and welcome to Off My Shelf, a podcast about movies that are, well, off my shelf, where we go through my DVDs and talk about the movies in my collection. Usually, because it's the fourth annual Off My Shelf Holiday Extravaganza! For for the holiday season, I've gathered a carefree caboodle of cacophonous characters to convey... Damn it! Almost had it! (laughs) James, do you did? You did. Um, For the holiday season, I've gathered a carefree caboodle of cacophonous characters to converse about cheery chicanery. This year, we are actually talking about movies off my shelf. The only two legit holiday movies that I own with Love Actually and The Nightmare Before Christmas. My guests are Alex Cook. Hi. Jessica Lutzer. Hi. Mike Linnington. Hello. Sean Archer. Glad to be back. Leah Irby. That's me. Hello. Mike Suderman. Hello. And Brendan Kreitz. G'day. Welcome. <laughs> um, thank you so much, everybody, for joining again for this very cheery occasion. <laughs> and <Simon>. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, I think we did all of our chatting. Yeah, I think I, we did all of our chatting before I started recording. And now everybody's like, well, screw this. I don't want to be here anymore. I get it. I get it. Um, I'm like forcing holiday cheer upon all of you very early this year. We're very excited. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am wearing antlers. You're wearing a Santa hat. Um, Leah looks fantastic. I don't know what what she decided to do over there, but it looks great. This is as festive as I get. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good amount of festive. And then there's boys. I don't know. Um, I'm drinking eggnog. <laughs> well, a Christmas. I'm wearing my bill's hat. That's very festive. Oh, Pikachu. Pikachu. Okay, we got a Pikachu. <laughs> yes. a Christmas sweater t-shirt because it's too warm to wear an actual Christmas sweater. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lucky you, the temperature keeps dropping over here and lots of snow and stuff. So, bleh. you know what? Uh, like this holiday season has just been a little crazy. It's not even feeling like the holidays, but now that I have you guys in front of me, I'm just like, I feel, you know, the holiday spirit and my heart's growing three sizes too big or some nonsense. So we're going to have a good time tonight. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, I do. Best of like being angry about a movie. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I was about to say like. To be angry about. These are Christmas movies. (laughs) No. I did want to start by apologizing for making you guys watch Love Actually. As well, you it, should. Yeah, yep. it's. Too I never long. saw it until uh, yesterday. Oh, wow. <laughs> you are very lucky. Uh, well, you had that, a good, good run, in my sympathies. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I took an edible before I watched it. So halfway through, I was like, what the hell English accent is that? <laughs> like a couple of people, like the, the secretary to the 
prime minister sometimes when she talked i was like i don't she's saying words but i don't know what they are because she looked like talked really fast but are you uh, talking about plumpy <laughs> yeah plumpy. Oh my, yeah oh my uh, god I wish, uh, for, for the least really fat weird. woman in the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's an overweight man i i was like she's not like I, I nobody in this movie they call fat shaming like was okay oh, like this should be called fat shaming the movie funny. yeah yeah it was uh not cool <laughs> there is nobody over a hundred be considered down. fat. Yeah, <laughs> and she really wasn't fat. fat. She's just, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't understand why is in England if that's is that fat? I don't. <laughs> uh, uh, the manager of Bill Nye wasn't really that big, and kept calling him chubby and chubs. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, everybody over one hundred and fifty pounds is a punchline. <laughs> yeah, also. Monica Lewinsky is a punchline, even though she's like, what a hefty 106. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, the girl in the movie, she was not anywhere near 150 pounds, first of all. Exactly. And second of all, I'm very happy you brought up Monica Lewinsky because she like was all Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That blue dress with the drippy white bow at her throat was not subtle. Oh, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Oh, but now that I think of it, thanks, Leah. You're welcome, I think. <laughs> My goal is to make everybody as miserable about the holidays as I am. Oh, <laughs> stop it. We're, you know what? We're going to switch it around and we're going to make uh, you happy about the holidays. Yes. Woo! Happy to be here with you guys. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. <laughs> it's already working, Tracy. It's working. We're doing it. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. You're or, not maybe, or maybe it's just the alcohol. I don't have no idea. <laughs> um, um, so, so yeah, I think we kind of all have a consensus about how we feel about this movie, but we're still going to talk about it. This movie, when it first came out, was one of like the biggest holiday movies ever. Everybody said they loved it. Everybody yep. watched it. It made a crap ton of money. And what is this? This is like uh 18 years later everybody's like this is the worst movie ever made why is this on tv all the time oh my god what the hell yeah yo i really resent this movie for its ability to manipulate me because of the time period that it was made in and how old i was that like every time I caught myself laughing at a dumb joke or becoming invested, I got angrier and angrier. And I really took that personally. I just don't think it's fair that a movie that holds up so terribly can still tug on my heartstring at an appropriate moment and make me feel an emotion. And I, I, I will fight this movie. I don't know how that works. But I, will. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That kid was, that little kid was so cute. Was so like cute. The cutest kid ever. It's, yeah. uh, he's from Maze Runners, right? It's yeah, like, he is. Yeah, he was yeah. also in um, Game of Thrones. He played Jojen. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was in Force Awakens for two seconds. Yeah, he was the Imperial officer that was like, uh, "We have yeah. him on the scanners or some nonsense." Yeah. And then, then it blows up a minute later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, as- it seems like every movie he shows up in for the rest of his life, the a character facing him should just go like, "Aren't you the kid who played the drums in Love Actually?" It just is one of those things that I think if I recognized him, it would totally burst whatever suspension of disbelief I had going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine that kid in England, like just growing up, like he, like such a specific looking kid, like he must have been berated for like even up till now. 
Yeah. People just bring up that movie. Yeah. Oh my God. I did when I was much younger, I did a, a McDonald's commercial where I had to sing about a, I was a little girl who had a crush on a little boy and I never stopped getting bullied for it. I was just teased forever for wow. the act of acknowledging, even though I was paid money for it. The now act of acknowledging that a little girl we, might have a crush on a little boy, devastating to my we, like middle school self. I didn't know about that. So now we got to go watch that McDonald's commercial if anybody's oh, got gotta it. got to find it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear me, but you cannot see me. So it will not be as satisfying. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine what he put up with yeah. is what I'm getting at. Yeah. 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 Yeah, What's funny about it. um, He was 13 in this movie. What? Yeah. He was 13 years old in this movie. He's so tiny. He's so, so tiny. And when, um, and the thing is, Keira Knightley was only 18 years old when she was moved. They're only five years apart. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gross. How how old was uh, the guy that plays Rick Grimes? Because he looks really young in that too, like twenty yeah. something. He, yeah, they're um, him and Chidwell Ejiofor are like twenty six and twenty seven, I think it is. Um, in that, so I don't know. Okay. Did you guys? Did we guys familiar with him prior to, I guess, this movie, and I guess Walking Dead later on? No, because he was like within the UK. Uh, I think I think it predated this one. He's a pretty big. He was a pretty big TV actor. So there was this show, Teachers, that was kind of massive. It was massive here too, but in, um, in definitely in the UK. And like maybe a third of the cast appeared in that show, Teachers. Um, I'm thinking, oh, uh-huh. and it was around about the same time. So they either got the role in Teachers as a result of Love Actually or whoever directed Love Actually really liked Teachers, mm. uh, which is, I think, what probably happened. Well, for mm. me, I... I only recognized him from uh, The Walking Dead. And then years later, like, I didn't even realize it was the same guy in Love Actually. And then years mm. later, somebody's like, isn't that the guy from Love Actually? I'm like, no, you're crazy. Oh, oh my <laughs> God, it was. So, eh. yeah. yeah. Same thing happened to me, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, you've got, like, you have a lot of franchises represented in this movie, too, because you even have, like, uh, what's his face? Martin Freeman, you know, The Hobbit, The Hobbit. Uh, he was also in um, the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cast, right? Generally, right? Yeah, like, I think everyone went on to do something or, or had been previously in something pretty big. Yeah. Um, uh, because he was in lady- the uh, British version of The Office as well, which is what made Martin Freeman kind of a success. Yes. And that yes. would have been around about the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and Sherlock, of course. How could we? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. He did yeah. Sherlock after as well. Yeah. So he's done like I've, huge things. I've never seen the his the love interest that he played across. Mm-hmm. I'd never yeah. seen her in anything, but she was so really good. So he was in a, a, another British sitcom um, called Gavin and Stacey, which was absolutely massive at the time that it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, um, probably, I know he's not the most popular uh, these days. Um, What's the late, the British late night host that people dislike a lot at the Marcy? moment? I, I, oh, uh, Cor- uh, Corbin. Yeah, no, James Corbin. Uh, James so, Corbin. So that was the show. He wrote it and, and that kind of brought him to fame. Um, oh. But she, she's she been in, in a lot of other things, but that was her, I think, big success as well. 
I am very happy you told me that because I had never known why he was famous. I'm like, why does he have a talk show? Why is he in front of my, why is he on my screen? He's just, it, it, from day one, so I Gavin found him annoying. It was like a phenomenon um, in the UK mm-hmm. and, and like big here too. They did a Christmas special. I think it was a Christmas special like a couple of years ago, but it was probably on 10 years ago, I'm yeah. guessing. Like originally several seasons, many specials, um, about a British guy that meets a Welsh woman on the phone at work. Um, and they, the culture clash of someone being from <laughs> Wales and London. And how do you, how do you, um, ha- how do you manage that four hour uh, commute in between? She's <laughs> <laughs> oh. from Cardiff. What? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I would I ever even get there. Crazy. <laughs> I wonder if that happens, though, like in London, if uh, you start dating somebody, but they live like because London's so big. It's like, oh, you live too far away. We can't really manage this relationship. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I think there is a bit of that. And I think like the culture in Wales, I've I've spent a bit of time in Wales, is very different to the culture in like London. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure, say, the culture in Toronto is very different to some of the more rural (laughs) kind of areas uh, but mm. uh, very- six seven oh five split <laughs> yeah <laughs> area codes it's fine or or <laughs> uh, even if you went toronto to ottawa the culture is way yeah. different yeah uh, that's I mean, five, well, that's five I mean, hours away toronto montreal or something like oh, way way different yeah yeah mm. but gavin and stacy i uh, again maybe one that doesn't hold up i don't i don't know how well it holds up in modern <laughs> eyes but was a very good show when it when it mm. came out. Re- really funny. Um, I've, so I've got quite a few. So my wife's Canadian, and I have uh, quite a bit of Canadian uh, family. Yeah, you and, do. Uh, my father-in-law could not <laughs> understand the Welsh accents, so that was the only downside. To, we couldn't watch it when we were in Canada because he couldn't follow about half the show. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I find I it's a message. Uh, no, no. Go ahead. Alex. Who yeah. Alex would like us to know that she is furious that she had to sit through Love Actually only to not be able to, be part of <laughs> to the do podcast. this. Oh no! <laughs> uh, she'll never I talk to you again, so Tracy. Bad. I know. She can't even vent about it. <laughs> I mean, if they want to try again later, um, it's fine. Um, um, but yeah, I guess we we'll keep going for now. Yeah, I I can't believe how much I used to love this movie. I, I saw it in theaters. I thought it was like ah. Oh, I, I finally like a Christmas movie or not finally. And I think it was maybe five or six years ago. Someone's like, this movie doesn't hold up. And I didn't believe him. And I, I watched it. I'm like, Oh no, it does not. I, the, I, I like, I like certain parts so, of it. Yeah. All the actors are so charming and they, they, yeah. they have such screen presence that you like turn your brain off and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, is yeah. this about uh, like falling in love with a lady who you haven't spoken to at all? Yeah. And, <laughs> like like everyone in this movie um either they, they get married or they're gonna get married within a month of knowing each other sorry not even a month uh, three weeks and um there's also the weird age di- uh, difference with someone yeah, actually almost all of them differences and, and, and power dynamics and super inappropriate work relationships like am i just forcing actresses cynical now? to uh show their breasts i was like why are they there's a lot making, of boobs in this movie. Making them do that. <laughs> oh, um, there's yeah. actually, there, I actually have an answer to that question. Hold on. There is, so the director of the movie. On 11, there was a, a 
nipple quota? No. (laughs) Actually, kind of. Because (laughs) apparently the guy was interviewed about making the movie. Mm -hmm. um, And originally he was told to cut all the nudity, like not have it. And he and and because the movie would also lose money if there was nudity in it, because less people would be able to watch it or want to watch it. And he said he was making it like as a he was thinking about his teenage boy self because as a teenage boy you'll watch it if there's boobs in it if there isn't you're not going to look at it so he made it for his teenage self to to do it oh. so that's why he kept all the boobs in so he's, not, he's not wrong there that explains a lot <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's funny yeah like what i read that I'm, i was just like that explains a lot because none of those scenes seem to fit in like it just seems out of place to yeah honest. it wasn't necessary at all yeah, I, I'm looking and at it his also filmography. More uncomfortable in a weird way. It was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, even the that so the the uh, good looking, I guess, thing Spanish guy, and he uh, was just he a, is Brazilian. Brazilian, okay, but mm-hmm. you wouldn't know because he has no personality, or they don't tell me. About <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. about him. Yeah, but also yeah. they were about to have sex, and the phone happens, and then they go back to having sex, and the phone happens again. But he gets really upset about it, but. If you were anybody else, would you really get that upset about, about yeah. you know, somebody? How dare she have a life outside of this sexual? This yeah. 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 <laughs> well, this is one of my biggest problems about this movie. Like none of these, uh, you know, storylines are storylines of love, really. They're all like very lusty or they're about having like power over somebody weirdly. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it just like a lot of them just made me uncomfortable. I was just like, except for the Liam Neeson one. I really enjoyed. It was nice. He was really cute. It was like the creepy. way he was with this kid. He also moves on oh, from his dead wife within three weeks. The... What's that? So one thing I didn't, he's dating Claudia about... Schiffer within uh, less than a month. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. After his uh, burying his wife. Son is infatuated with has the same name yes. as his, as the dead wife had the, as the dead mom. Oh yeah, mom. yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it was also very that's odd. very normal. Oh, there you mean a- the girl who was the star of the school Christmas pageant, which is typically constructed so as to uh, like feature a solo performance from one student only? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and the that's teachers, right? And the teachers, yeah. that's right. She, yes. she did have a great voice though. I- they were like, she's the only one so that much. actually can that. sing. She's a star. We got to get her out there. Yeah, that girl. Actually and she's did, American. That girl actually did sing the song. So I was kind of because I looked it up. I was just like, well, who did her vocals? It was her. Yeah. So oh. I thought that was great. Nice. And she was right. about to leave. She was literally getting on a plane afterwards. So they wanted to send her out with a bang, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, the timing of the flight worked out. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of running through security for a post 9-11 movie. Yeah. 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 Explicitly yeah. post 9-11. Yes. Like, the, I, like I, minute for... one, and they're talking about 9-11. Like, I don't think that <sighs> you have a hefty enough movie to be invoking Christmas 9-11. 9/11. Yeah. <laughs> they should have they should have had a scene where they mace the child and uh, you know, yeah. put him in those plastic handcuffs and yeah. hog tied him away. Well, the thing is, they but he, but fully would love. have at that point. Like they fully would have. They would oh, have yeah, had yeah. like have- more yeah. than just three people running far behind him. People would be like coming yeah. out of corridors and like shutting everything down. It'd be crazy. It, it was I remember they, they, they handcuffed a six-year-old girl. <laughs> I remember the one time. But uh, uh, one of the airports. 
Apparently, huh? airport security was not so crazy that the filmmakers couldn't just creep shot a bunch of people. Yeah, all the live. Oh, hugging and meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I read about that too. Um, they yeah. they did yeah. get they did get clearance from everybody they used to, in there. So gross. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got a side thing. Uh, when he was filming the marriage, the wedding, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was his. He was paid, or like that's his job. During that six to twelve hours of shooting film, he only shot her. He should have realized he has well, a problem. This was a mistake <laughs> I made too, because I remembered him being the the videographer for the for the the wedding. But he's actually not. He's just the best man. He's the like, best he's friend the of the guy. What a douchebag! His 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 plan, because that footage was not supposed to be released. It was just. His per yeah, his personal. Yeah. He was just gonna finish that <laughs> that wedding, having uh, so filmed her, and it was just for him. It was. Yeah. Even- <laughs> it should have just kept on playing, and then showed them having their honeymoon, and then he's in the middle of woods. It was like through a fence. <laughs> yeah. What? I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm in love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not only did he film it, he then labeled it, put it on his shelf. Next to all these other movies. And a box of yeah. tissues. <laughs> and lube. <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that he's just like, oh no, my you know, my video is ruined somewhere. I don't know where it is. And she's like, oh, it's just over there. Just like, yeah, he got too much sandwiches what? on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh stop. Uh. <laughs> it's so long. The video is so long. We have to watch it for so long. It's- yeah. It's real gross. I feel like that's not necessary. You get it pretty fast. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I, yeah. But yeah, also, I, like, I, her reaction to it all is, like, you're, you shouldn't be married. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're yeah, going to react that way to uh, the, they, your, they really your husband's best friend. <laughs> clarify yeah. in that scene that they don't talk to each other. Yeah. They don't seem to like each other. Like, they, it's not like a, a unrequited like love from from like an old friend like if he had been her lifelong friend instead of like the best man of the of of the husband that could be like one thing right it's like oh i i've always loved you i've known you since childhood but no they don't fucking talk <laughs> he's literally so creepy the only couples who talk to each other oh sorry i was gonna say the only couples that talk to each other are the two stand-ins for the porn of the porn i guess yeah and um oh, who's the other one uh I already forgot. So there's one other couple that talks, and that's it. Everyone else Emma is Thompson's? like talks. The Emma no, Thompson no. and Alan Rickman, they they do talk to each other. Well, more but, than well I mean, else. that's more of a marriage falling apart story. Yeah. But Christmas. Anyways, yeah, but, 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 but like the main, like like the prime minister and his aide, uh, they almost he talks Monica. to her about where she lives. That's it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, maybe there's other stuff off screen, but we don't. Uh, see Yeah, he, he also asks her if she has a boyfriend. Yeah. Um, totally yeah. appropriate where, work. Where she yeah. lives, if it's with a boyfriend. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Totally yeah. yeah. And that's it. And, and now he's in love with her. Her immediate supervisor talks shit about her thighs for a while, which is also totally uh, normal. And then she yeah. gets groped by the president, which is the only thing that spurs him into any kind of action. Yeah. Yeah. And then and she yeah. thinks he's mad and at her. She's getting her fired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. 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 Uh, Colin Firth and the Portuguese pop star. She's a pop star, the one who plays yeah. the his 
house cleaning lady slash help meet. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Housekeeper, I think, would be the most dignified way to say it, but uh, it doesn't seem like uh, it. The term from uh, uh, um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I think, is appropriate here, which is a bang maid. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bang maid. Their whole, their whole um, plot line is about how they can't speak to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, also she has a fat sister that will go oh. nowhere. Oh, but the thing is, too, <laughs> she's Miss um, Dunkin' Donuts. Father. Her father calls her. <laughs> yeah, but the thing a Portuguese is, man says Dunkin' Donuts. He's a American, and then the whole uh, village goes <laughs> watch the Portuguese. daughter getting sold off. <laughs> Not English speaking family. <laughs> Imagine uh, if you're Portuguese watching, they'd be like, "What the fuck? <laughs> we aren't like that." Look, as a non-Portuguese speaking person, even I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is just weird. But he only falls in love with her when she takes off her clothes and jumps in the thing. Oh, yeah. Because before (laughs) that point, he was just like, I'm just going to sit here and be quiet while you do your thing. Because when I try to speak Portuguese, I sound stupid. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the things fly away and she takes off her clothes. And then they do the, the weird like soap opera lighting and the sparkles and stuff. And you're like, oh, that's when it clicks. Oh, so you're just lusting. Okay. How 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 dare you accuse it of that? It's that she is caring for his work. She understands. She's recovering the the beautiful words that he's composing. <sighs> in his, she loves his mind, even though she, she can't read it, read it yeah. <laughs> and understand it. I guess. Yeah. 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 But guys, they've taken uh, language classes for a month. They can now talk to each other. <laughs> uh, which also doesn't make it like they show him no. in a language class. Everybody else in the class is learning English and he's learning Portuguese. Why is he in that class? <laughs> that is the wrong class. I thought that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. No, no. I think, I think, class. I think it was uh, you just put headphones on. You, you get to speak your own language in that room, which, you know, if you're learning a language, Make sure that everybody else in the room is speaking a completely different language and yes. talking out loud. Yeah, make then you understand not- the language. I don't know why they had to go to the to the area where the secret um, language tapes are kept, and you can't yeah. take them away. <laughs> you have to sit yeah. in the room and you use them, and then you go home. Yes, yeah. exactly. It just didn't make any sense. I was just like, they're going across. Everybody's learning English, and he's Portuguese. What? Shouldn't you just at least be sitting in a different room? You know, like that would make sense. That's just me. Uh, hmm? No, a lot of things would would make more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask a big question about this movie? Yeah, where are all the gay people? Uh, oh, they didn't exist back then. What are you? Well, there's about? definitely gay co- jokes in the movie. <laughs> there's a lot of no homo. Like two gay jokes, and that's the yeah. rip. That's the whole rip. Where are all? Where is everybody else? Where is everybody else? It was well, very obviously weird. London does not have gay people. No. Right. Well, there's there's only two black people in all of London. Um, <laughs> there's a random <laughs> Portuguese person in the. He was in like France or something. So that was they, just yeah. being in London. Um, and then there's it's just a bunch of white people. I mean, what else do you expect? Oh, and a couple of Americans are thrown in there. Yeah, right. Nash, of course. Oh, and yeah. the Brazilian, uh, the dude, the, the oh Brazilian the, dude. That's Carl, right. Yeah. Carl, Carl, Antichel. yeah. 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 Also, is Carl a popular name for Brazilian people? Like, it seems like an odd name. Uh, it's possible his name is Carlo uh, mm. or Carlos, and then got anglicized. Yeah. I suppose that's ex- okay. Or maybe just nobody that's, cares. That's what I did to my friend Carlos from uh, Rio. 
when we were kids. I called him Carl. <laughs> I'm joking. I never, I call him Carlos. <laughs> You're the worst. Worse. I was, I was, I was very disappointed in the earth in 2003 because I remembered it being slightly better than that. And it turns out you guys, it was not, it was a super bad place. Yep. Yeah. You were young and you were optimistic at the time. Things were wonderful with the world. I just didn't remember it being so straight. Yeah. And homophobic <laughs> and transphobic. Yeah. Well, you were in college. So yeah. it was probably you're you're in one of those liberal bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well what about communism. <laughs> the funny mm-hmm. thing is, like I guess Emma Thompson is the only one who brings uh, cross-dressers into all of this. Or oh, what did she Barbies. call them? When, when she pulls up the Barbie, she's like... Yeah. Do you want Transvestite to- and uh, Dominatrix. Dominatrix. Yeah, that's the only things that are available apparently in Barbie uh, dolls. I don't know. Yeah, there is a throwaway joke about the the uh, stag night for the wedding, Kira Knightley's wedding. They all uh, yeah, the strippers turned out to be men. Ba, 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 oh, I missed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember someone called thinking Andrew Lincoln was gay because he doesn't have a girlfriend. I think. Yes. Or, 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 or so, so, so he's obviously gay for his best friend. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's filming them like a creeper, but he's actually filming Keira Knightley. And I thought that was maybe going to be the start of a really interesting storyline because I haven't seen this movie in several years and forgot all of the details mostly, and then mm-hmm. was very disappointed. Yeah. That, that would be a really cool like re-edited of it and then it's like Ooh. it's like one hour photo or something <laughs> one hour photo <laughs> oh god great movie like i know yeah. i know we shit on kira knightley's character for her reaction to the best friend but can we just say he's a shitty best friend too because oh. like even like showing up to the house and be like oh don't say anything because he's upstairs and blah 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 and then with the cars and he's like i did it like, what if what? they both answer the door he only normal first stalker yeah, yeah, it totally doesn't make normal. any sense. <laughs> I, I think I can kind of let him go to an extent for, for a bit of it. So, because the way I see it is, she kind of mentions that she's always tried to be nice to him, and he hasn't reciprocated. And so that my impression of that was he's always felt that way about her, but he hasn't wanted to do. He hasn't wanted to sort of mess around with his friends, so he's deliberately stayed distant. Um, it starts to go downhill then when he films her and, and keeps it in his house. I'll, I'll definitely admit that. Um, and then yeah. I think at the point that he turns up with the at the house with the signs, he, yeah. he sort of becomes a bit unredeemable at that point for me. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, like, go ahead. I don't need to go ahead. No, I'm just, all I'm saying is that like, when he comes to the house with the cards, there is a very specific intention. Like he's mm. he's saying he's like not there to break up the marriage or whatever, but he totally is. If he's like, yes, I'm yes. here with this big romantic gesture at your new home, like your home with your new husband. And I just want to tell you, I'm in love with you. I've always been in love with you. And I'm just going to go now. You're like, what? Mm. What is I'm the not Tracy, marriage, Tracy even said it. I'd be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take all of even, this emotion. You deal with it now. It's your responsibility <laughs> because you're the one. And yeah. you were the one who caught my eye, which makes this your fault. Yeah. And he also and she said him on the, Christmas. Oh, that's why he was doing it. Yeah. It's like, uh, you got to tell the you truth. Know, you get a free for all at Christmas. You can murder <laughs> someone and a marriage. <laughs> The, the classic, you can only be truthful at Christmas trope that we see time and again. Yeah. Which is which is said like four or five times yeah. in the movie. 
Yeah. They really kind of make fun of right? Yeah. Christmas is usually spent with family. And in my experience, that makes it a terrible time to tell the truth about yeah. things. That's when you get the arguments at the dinner table and the yelling yes. and the screaming. You're like, how dare you? I won't see you ever again. And six months later, you're like, am I coming for Christmas? Oh, okay. It's, it's one of those like, things. Yeah. But that's a thing they manufacture, right? Nobody else has ever heard that? Yeah, no, yeah I've, never I've, heard I've never heard that. Okay. I watch a lot of Christmas movies. Ugh. That is not a thing. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I just assumed it was like a like a Britain thing, you know, like, you know how like in Japan, um, Christmas is for lovers and like they have KFC. I thought, you know, <gasps> at Christmas, what? you tell the truth. I want Christmas in Japan. In England. <laughs> you wish to try that. Their parents are British and they've never, ever mentioned it. So okay, I, good. I suspect oh. it's made up for the movie. All right. And I hate it. Let's just put it that way. And. My British family is not very truthful to each other and yeah. not super loving or show emotion. So I added, this is my anecdote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> For a British film, there are a lot of emotions in this. Very shocking in general. Yeah. Most of oh, the emotions uh, Also, the, the one that really, really bugged me was the rock star and his manager. Mm-hmm. And then he shows up after the Elton John thing and says, and still calls him a fat loser. Yeah. And then says that he, loves, even though he's fat, he still loves him. Yeah. 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 I thought the manager should have just went, you know been... what? I quit. Uh, kick right. Him out. right. I kind of still like that storyline, though. I, I hate to admit it. I, that one I actually kind of like. Bill yeah, Nye is just so damn charming. <laughs> also, also, no mention of gay people yeah. <laughs> around Elton John's. <laughs> I think there's a throwaway about like you were oh, an yeah, Elton John like, for an so hour and now you're gay. Yeah. 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 He also yeah. said Elton John's party had a bunch of naked women there. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, really? Yeah. <laughs> it made no <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah. like, questions. Yes. <laughs> also, that really was the worst song ever. And I don't care what their campaign was. Um, that song would never have made it to the top of the list. Just saying. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Especially with that <laughs> Mariah Carey song already the out the there. The movie came out. Did it? I think it did go really well. Yeah, the movie came out. That's oh God, all. no! Why? It's so bad. <laughs> That's kind of I, the joke of it. Yeah, <laughs> I've been uh, in my my varied work history has meant that I have been in the studio while a pop star records a Christmas song, and I felt like Christmas then, like I do now, not pro, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a demoralizing experience. I think they nailed the like three sad guys in the control room. Just that, I would say that is the most realistic part of the movie for me. My favorite scene, Rowan Atkinson. Nails it, hands down. Favorite character. Quick, I need this. I have to buy this thing so that I can cheat on my wife. You're making it very, this whole thing very awkward. (laughs) And also, he's a terrible cheater because uh, she sees him at uh, at the jewelry stand and she has a bag with him. Like and if she like if she does not now get jewelry, she's yeah. immediately gonna be suspicious. Mm. Well, but he also like, like she like, finds the necklace in that's why she's so upset about it. Because yeah. she yeah. finds the necklace, expecting the necklace, and yeah. she doesn't get it. So yeah, he also stupidly left in his coat. Mm. But Sean's saying it, that scene yeah. didn't even need to happen because yeah. he literally no, it didn't. Except I, 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 I did like Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. Can't lie. Well, that still had to happen. It's the, so, the her finding uh, into yeah. the jacket doesn't yeah. happen. Is Rowan Atkinson like a Christmas angel? Because he kept he kept the cheating husband there long enough for her to see 
him at the at the jewelry <gasps> stand, and he also blocked oh. uh, the um. The, I love uh, this. The, the T- yes. TSA agent, or what do we call it in England? Um, so the kid could sneak through. Mm-hmm. He's Jesus. So I like, I yeah, it's, it's, yes. it's Christmas Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, know. It, it sucks when he oh. shows up twice, but I would watch a remake if it was from Rowan Atkins' uh, point of view, and he was yeah. actually trying to be morally like uh, keeping people above, you yeah. know, <gasps> the below grade. Because also how he appears at the jewelry stand, there's a guy there, then he moves away, and then Owen Rack- uh, Rowan Atkins turns around. Like out of nowhere, yeah, like, yeah, and I'm like, I, I think he's a Christmas angel. I like well, his interpretation a lot. Well, that would be if, fun. He, if he was a Christmas angel, then he would have stopped that guy from going to that girl's door. Um, what he else? Can't he can't be everywhere at once, though. So. Yeah, That's, he's he's an angel. So many miracles. Yeah, he he had to go wants. to the airport real fast. <laughs> <laughs> My God, yeah, no. Um, Oh wait, we didn't even talk about that gross British dude who went to America for the women. Uh, I remember when I first oh. watched this, I thought he was like, "Yeah, you go, dude, you get those girls." Like I was like, oh, "Now sure. I look at him. Now I look at him like an incel, like, and yeah. and he's, yeah. he's getting rewarded." And his friend <laughs> yes. is like, "This is the problem with your plan. These are bad. This is a bad plan." And yeah. the the mm-hmm. the miracle of the movie is that nope, yeah. <laughs> just all, yeah. all legitimate concerns that his friend yeah, has. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, but the message is if you follow your dreams, good things will happen. Oh, so th- well, so we'll get into none of those realistic too. things matter. How creepy and gross you are. Yeah. I forgot. Who were the who were the women? They were it was Alicia uh, Cuthbert and um, uh, January Jones. January Jones and one girl oh, yeah, I didn't yeah, recognize. Yeah, yeah, from American Pie. Um, yeah. Denise Richards. Yeah, and those yeah. were at the end, but there was one other girl at the like bar that I couldn't, I didn't recognize her from anything. That was Denise Richards at the end. Yeah. 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 Dang. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the girl from Go Next Door. Um, that, uh, Elisha Cuthbert. Elisha yeah. Cuthbert. Yeah. Oh, that's a good movie. She's or Canadian. Movie. <laughs> it's a movie I remember enjoying. Might not hold up. It, uh, it, it does up, not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be honest, when they first that part where he gets off the plane and goes to the bar and he's like, he sits down and gets his what does he get? A Budweiser. Budweiser. And the girls turn around. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, I legitimately thought two seconds later, he'd like wake up from a dream and he's still on the plane or something. And then yeah, it or he'd get or something. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wait, this is quote unquote real in this world. What? Not no. This must be the teenage boy part of the director writer um, uh, vision. Of yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess. Or it actually happened when he went to Wisconsin, and he's just <laughs> I mean, he's just explaining the facts. Of and all these supermodels are at a bar he's in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. That might have been the most exciting thing that ever happened. Yeah, maybe. Pretty showed up once. I don't know. I've never been to I'm sure it's lovely. Oh my god, this movie hurt me so much as I sat and watched it. I was just like, whoa, no. And there is there anything you like that you liked in it? it? Yeah, yeah, a lot of people still love it. Uh, what do I is there anything uh, I liked about it? Yeah. No? Am I allowed to say that? Put up my hand. You great dancing to the yeah. to the song? Like god that's totally it. totally enjoyable. Like yeah. it's it's uh, like there's a lot of individual things that like when they're just on screen being really talented movie stars, like mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. Like it's just the the framework they've been put in is so horrible. Yeah. yeah. But the, yeah. there's a lot of like, the many, many problematic aspects that I 100% agree with. I still quite enjoyed watching that movie. And <laughs> I, I enjoyed sitting down and watching it with my wife. And um, there were certain moments that were really 
cringy and there were certain moments. The, the biggest ones for me were basically anything once they got to Portugal and it felt like like Borat's Kazakhstan. Um, but oh, yeah, wow. um, that that especially <laughs> I, I struggle with, and then just this totally unnecessary stuff about the sister, like just being oh. like, like it was just so shitty. Like there was just no yeah. reason for it. It, it yeah. didn't add anything to the story at all. Um, yeah. But but overall, like I still quite like the movie. I, I don't know. Maybe that's a bad person thing to say. But no, overall, no, I no. I, I mean, what, what, okay, once you put it that way, like, if I can be like, every time Alan Rickman's on screen, except for the part where he cheats on his wife, I loved every minute of that, for example, mm-hmm. you know, and Emma Thompson is delightful. They're both great in it. They're both great. Um, and, like, even, um, what's his name, Hugh, uh, Hugh Grant is fantastic in it. Oh, yeah. And just, like, every time I saw a new face that I was surprised at, I was like, oh, my God, you're here? And then they talk for five minutes, but their situation's horrible. I was like, mm. I'm I'm glad you're here because this would be even more insufferable if it was, like, Oops. a lesser actor or someone worse. Um, but, yeah, I managed to sit through it because of all the talent. Did I like it at any point? No, not really. I it would like, be horrible with a different cast. Oh yeah, like, yes. horrible movie with a different mm. cast. Mm. Well, even with um Billy Bob Thornton as the the U.S. president, like yeah. I'm not a big fan of that guy. But even like in that situation, I was just like, he did, he did a yeah. really good job. Mm. You know, come across I, as like smarmy yeah. but charming at the same time. And as soon as you leave the room, he's like the grossest thing ever. Yeah, that's yeah, imagine they asked, like, Trump. they asked Trump way back then to play that. Character. <laughs> oh my god, uh, gross. amazing. Oh, you would have nailed it. Oh, I'm so sorry. He would have nailed it. Also, nice hype about not Monica. Uh, I am confused. Is are those legs? Is he talking about what is Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, To me, pipes is is muscle. Like yeah, arm muscle. Pipes for me means voice. Oh, oh yeah, that makes more sense. I I was just like, I thought it was like arm pipes, like uh, like her her muscle mass. (laughs) <laughs> okay, know. good. I'm glad that that was like a bodybuilder. They, they, they kept saying she had really You're thick thighs. They kept, James, saying, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they kept saying she had really thick thighs, but she always wore these tight skirts and would walk away. And I'm like, yeah, she is tinier than anything. What are you talking yeah. about? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Billy Bob and KFC. I'd like uh, two pipes and two chicken wings, please. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Everybody be like staring at him, like, "What does that even what mean?" The, just give him whatever. <laughs> He's <Yeah>. a president. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do what he wants. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Uh, okay, with that, I think we should start the first part of the Christmas quiz. Ooh. Oh wait, wait, wait! Hey. One more, one more is uh, the girl with the uh, Brazilian guy. And then that was the most out of because it almost seemed like a real thing was like when she went to visit her brother mm-hmm. and he he had different emotional reactions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like that seemed like, OK, that's really what it would be like. It seemed genuine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but that story is also problematic because like, it's like, oh, I can't have love because I have a I have a relative or a sibling. Exactly. Yeah. I either. Uh, uh, not incapacitated. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, yeah. it's disabled. Well, disabled. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh no, I, I can't. I want. I'll never be happy. 
And well, in this film world, where, uh, having big thighs means you're fat. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't have a disabled yeah. relative and a relationship. Like, That'd I wish she ended up with Brazilian. <laughs> I, I don't want this shit. So he yeah. was kind of an asshole. In yeah, that that, that, that's a good like, point. True. Like, he was, I, I mean, before that, he had no personality except the guy that you looked at through a window. And then mm-hmm. I think that's a bit, in some ways, I kind of like it. It was like when, when she found out, he kind of wasn't worth it anyway. Like he wasn't really worth <laughs> giving up on her brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think I didn't take it that way. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. I, I must admit the scene that they did later on in the episode after like their encounter, and he's leaving late again, and she's at her desk, and she's like, "Good night." It did kind of seem like he's like, maybe we could try this again. Should I ask her out on a date? But then he's like, nah, never mind. And I think also in her mind, she's also given up. Like, I can't have a relationship because I have this big responsibility over here and it's going to interfere too much. And um, I think they should should have just given it a try, essentially. Um, Like, there was room for that to happen, but they just didn't go with it. I think maybe it's a good thing and a bad thing because all of these because there's like 19 stories in a less than two hour movie, what? none of them are really fleshed it's out. It's over two hours. Imply. <laughs> <a lot>. like, <laughs> yeah. And we, we have to imply a lot, which can be a good thing or a bad thing, I think. And mm-hmm. and it's the same, like all of these things seem to happen super fast because literally probably all of those stories are less than 15 minutes long. Yeah. If you just Put watch their story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Kira Knightley's in uh, what three different shot uh, scenes, maybe like wedding scene, the 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 sign scene, and uh, his apartment, right? Uh, oh, sorry, oh. and the airport scene at the end. <laughs> yeah. so she's only she's only yeah, in four it. scenes. You just like, reminded me at the, yeah. at the wedding, like the band starts playing, and then I was like, yeah. imagine being there. You thought like. Oh, this place is crowded, and then you realize there's only ten people at this wedding, and everybody else yeah. is like a musician, <laughs> and, and they're all <laughs> sitting with their saxophones and trombone. Like, like where were they hiding them? <laughs> but but Kieran Knightley's a plot point, not a character in the in the movie, yes. right? Like, yeah. we, we don't know anything about her. Nope, nope, nope. Did she, she already like do words. the the Pirate of the Caribbean? No, like, that was after. no, that was after. Yeah, and it I, like Beckham, I think, was pretty much ah. the in before. This. Right, mm-hmm. and she was like 15 in that and yeah. so I was like it doesn't seem like there was that long between and then my wife was like yeah she's like 18 in this movie oh, and, wow yeah yeah it's so gross yeah when I found how how young she was in this too I was just like why is she playing somebody who's getting married like it just you know you can have like a high school romance or something this is this part's just bleh. like maybe she thinking, could be uh, get being asked to the prom and somebody holds up signs that would be fine also, the, the fact that she was 18 when she made this and the way she looks now, like, she doesn't look like she's really aged at all. Yeah. Because like she yes. looks pretty much the exact same. She's still quite young. I mean, well, I, and I think that's one of the biggest problems with the film industry is that you, all women characters or actors are, are put into roles where they are played much older than they actually are. I mean... Mm-hmm. Look at um, like Jennifer Lawrence when she did Joy. She was like 24 years old playing like a 40 year old tired mom and stuff. And you're just like, why yeah. is she? Why is she being hired for this role? I'm not saying she's a bad actress because maybe they, they put get somebody pipes. better in there because their pipes get too big. And then uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, a solid half of the relationships are older guys with significantly younger girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're like they're. They're not 
for the most part, they're not around the same age. Uh, I, I can't think of any real examples where it kind of goes the other way. Uh, maybe. Oh, no, they rarely are because everybody gets grossed out as soon as there's like an older woman with a younger guy. It's like, it's what, like shit breaking Stifler's mom. Like people are just like, oh, that's so wrong. Also, he's in high school, which is also gross. But you know, people have like <laughs> so it was it's wrong. A big, it's a big, big deal if a woman goes the other way. But if a guy does it, it's like good on you. You're a real man. You know how to get it. Because yeah. you've got Hugh Grant where... and and his secretary. You've got Rickman and his secretary. Secretary. And, um, you've got um, you've Colin you've Firth got, and the pop star. Yeah, you've got. Yeah, the, she's she's um, about 15, 20 years younger. And the, and then yeah, you've got they, the wedding they couple and both out those men. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, oh, yeah. yeah. So, in yeah. Colin Firth specifically, like one of the scenes where he tries to speak Portuguese. Where he meets her. Or, yeah, where he meets her. And the he, mom is there. It's not a monk or whatever. It's yeah. It's like the handler of the of the yeah, yeah. place you're staying the at. The cleaning service or something. And then yeah. he, like, may, he tries to say something in Portuguese and makes some kind of reference. And they explicitly are like, uh, oh yeah, she's probably ten years too young to understand that football reference you just made. That's right. And it's like, uh, uh, like it's not even they're they're like not even trying to just do it. They're being like, yes, this is exactly what we're intending to do. We're you also remind me as a as a. I think I saw age. Colin Firth's character go. Oh, her pipes are going to yeah. stay small for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> It, um, uh, Emma Thompson also calls it out um, to Hugh Grant when, when he meets her back. Uh, when he meets, I can't remember her name. Uh, uh, when, he, when he meets her backstage behind uh, the play, mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, she goes, "Oh, if he met you twenty years ago, you know you're his type." Yeah, like, yeah. gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Colin Firth would play that same role if that movie came out today, and they just yeah. cast a young, a new young actress. Oh, Colin yeah, Firth would the just time. play the exact same role, and they wouldn't change it. Yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah, I guarantee it. Yeah, it, it always yeah, it's, it's a confused thing. Yeah. I get older, they see the same age. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. I'm like, that's exactly what it is, you know. Like okay. all, all the cast always gets older, and then the the women are always like 20, 20 years old or younger, and you're just like, that's just gross. Just stop mm-hmm. doing it, you know. Like, like I mean, the whole like the one couple in the movie that look right and feel right together are Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman's character. And then that's the one they want to break apart because they're like, mm-hmm. oh no, he's got to get somebody younger. Like, well, no, even no. the naked couple, they didn't like. She doesn't look young, and they're they're probably age appropriate. Yeah. yeah, they're probably yeah. age appropriate. That's true. And also, they and- actually seem like look. They actually enjoy each other's company. Talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One question we had about that couple, the naked couple, mm-hmm. is okay. Was it a porno? Because to like, my knowledge, it was so explicit in, yeah. in the section. Like, it's not just and lighting a love scene. It's like, yeah. it was very explicit. But at yeah. the same time, like, yeah, pornos don't have that kind of infrastructure. No. Also, yeah, they don't it, care that much about lighting. That's they don't want to He never told that. Martin Freeman he was a pizza boy. Yeah. Well, the plumber. <laughs> I think he makes a comment in uh, one of the scenes when he's with her that he was a stand-in for another celebrity or something. Uh, uh, Brad Pitt yeah. on uh, uh, Ten Years in Tibet. Yeah, whatever yeah. we yeah. called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Th- that yeah. story yeah. feels counter to what the rest of the movie kind of says. That because a lot of the rest of the movie is saying um, 
that love is kind of this really physical thing, I think. Whereas that scene is specifically is pointing out, hey, this is not physical at all. It's it's purely they're meeting on on like a a relationship minds conversational level, which yeah. I, I quite like. Like I think that scene stands those characters stand out well mm-hmm. in that regard. I agree. Whereas everyone yeah. else is just like, oh, I like that that woman because she she looks good. I'm gonna go to America and sleep with all the women. Uh, <laughs> like it's, I think that one really stands out. But it also just seems weird when that's not what the rest of the movie is. Saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think the message of the movie is very confusing. To be honest, I'm like, I don't. There's no like I I think I said this earlier. There's there's no actual love shown. Tracy. Really. What? All you need to do is own a company, get a secretary, and then <laughs> it'll happen. Or become the prime minister. <laughs> yeah, become prime I minister. You were chiding Tracy for the actual love, actually. I know, I know. <laughs> or, or maybe I could lose 100 pounds, be like 130, go to England, and then be called chubby still. But work for the yeah. prime minister, and then I'll find somebody. It's gonna be amazing, mm-hmm. guys. Also, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to Wisconsin. It'd be a huge thing. It'd be a huge thing. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Boris Johnson has like six kids with six different women, so he's he'll probably. Uh... Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> yeah, he's a gross. Also, guy. what was that pot shot to um, Margaret Thatcher? He's like, oh yeah, you saucy minx or something. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? You don't know. Some men find a woman in power sexy. Okay. But, but he asked the picture, like, did you or, did you uh, step out? Or I can't remember he asked her. It's something about like, uh, it was like, like, it was like, um, getting some bony down or I no, it, wasn't, it wasn't even that explicit. It was something he was like, I bet you had these problems, you saucy minx or something. It was just like <laughs> some sassy little context. But I did yeah. like the saucy minx comment. I'm like, yeah, okay. so you did like something in the movie. OK, I liked something yeah. in the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. Also, uh, researching this, apparently Billy Bob Thornton has a fear of antique furniture. Um, OK, what? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> That's such a specific thing. It it's could be haunted. Only rich people would have. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And apparently um, Hugh Grant during that scene would like um, like get like a piece of antique something and like flash it at him and he'd freak out right before they filmed the scene. And that was like the I've joke on set. That have been used before. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading this and like how can anyone be afraid of antique furniture? Like, it's just also, bizarre. Like, what yeah. would you great have? Like, oh, it's a credenza. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something you can just, like, hide under. He just has curtains with, with uh, antique furniture hiding behind it. Yeah. <laughs> and he can't go anywhere, either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they mentioned it was, like, a problem for him because of the abundance of antique furniture in England. And I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all there. <laughs> it's just all of it, right? It's, whoa. Yeah. I found that really, really odd when I read it. I'm yeah. Thinking, what? That's not normal. It's fine. Yes. Well, it is Billy Bob. He is a... He's always been weird. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's didn't he have a vial of blood on, like, didn't he carry yeah, when he was, was with Angelina Jolie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but she also had one of his. Oh, that's normal. Yeah, that's normal. Oh, that's totally normal. <laughs> that's that's how you know people love each other. It's the exchange yeah. of fluids. You know, uh, uh, I carry Alicia's sorry. fingernails in my uh, wallet. 
Oh. All right, Mike. Come here. Nice. Let me find a needle. Let me get a. No? Please no. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Anything else about this one? No? Quiz. All right. Quiz. All right. Quiz. All right. We're going to do part one of the Christmas quiz. Woo! Um, so, so this year I split up the Christmas quiz into two parts. The first part we're doing about love actually. And then we're going to talk about the next movie and do a quiz about that part and see who comes out on top. What up? All right. No, I have to write down the score to see who wins at the end. And I didn't have anything to do that. So competitive. I know. I know. Look, we like games. We're going to make some games. All right. That's true. Um, Mike, are you still there? I'm there. Okay. No, your your right. video went off, so we're just checking. Oh, that's because it fell over. Okay. No worries. All right. So who's ready for question one? Woo-hoo. Are we buzzing in? Oh, yes. Buzzing in. Because oh, I, I brought a buzzer. Oh, you uh, did bring a buzzer. Okay. Yeah, I so- this talking Steve Irwin action figure in a box of old toys. Oh, my God. That is and amazing. I figured as I'm representing <laughs> Australia, I should probably use this. That's awesome. Because <laughs> um, I was thinking that... Oh, that's so cool. What's he say? I want to hear what he says. So he's got two. He's got... Danger, danger, danger. And... Oh, that's where we're going to get. We've also got Cooey ready to strike. <laughs> Can you guys hear it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a little, okay. it's a little crackly. Oh, it's a little crackly in person. That's ah. just the thing. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking that if we everybody didn't have noisemakers, that we could just like yell out your own name. Eh. You know. Can you make a noise? Well, yeah, no, just make a noise. Each, each noise needs to be slightly different so I can properly pick out who says it. It sucks. Nah. I, I have a, a noisemaker. <laughs> it's got like parts and like, ghost noises on it. I can't find uh, it. Oh, no. Can I use my recorder? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Mike, do you have a noisemaker? Uh, I don't, but does this work? I don't know. Hear what that? that is. Oh, that yep, I heard. Yep, yes. I hear it. Um, oh, we lost Leah. Leah's trying to find something. Uh, she's looking for various musical bell. influence. Okay. My keytar ran out of batteries, but I found a little jingly bell. Oh, that's I got a little jing- Wait, I, I got to get a new jingly bell. <laughs> <laughs> I stole it from the cat. It's his. I'll just do that. <laughs> do what? What's your sound? Here. Perfect. That works. All right. All right are we ready for the Sorry. first question of the Christmas quiz? Woo. First question. Yeah. First question. In the wedding scene at the beginning of the film, a band is hidden amongst the guests. What song do they play when they make themselves known? All you need is love. Leah, woohoo! Um, by the way, who was the singer? It seemed like they were reacting like someone famous. I don't think it was anybody famous. No? Or unless it's like somebody who's famous in England or Europe. I thought to me it wasn't. I, I didn't recognize famous. the person at all. Okay. It, maybe it was just me. Not a fantastic performance, but anyway. <laughs> it was... It was like you got your friend to sing the song and they were okay. Yeah. Okay. It was fine. (laughs) Question number two. Billy Mac's video for his surprising smash hit, Christmas is All Around Us, emulates a cheery version of the videos from the songs of Robert Palmer. What are the names of at least one of those songs? Mike Suderman. Uh, It's the um, Addicted to Love. 
That is one. Woo-hoo. What are the others? Yeah, what are the others? So he did three videos in that style. Addicted to Love, Simply Reserves, Simply Irresistible, and I Didn't Mean to Turn on You. Oh, now that last that last song I've never actually heard of. Sounds like a murder song. Yeah. Said weird. Interesting. Okay. Question number three. It's weird that he would sing Canadian a Canadian song. Isn't Robert Palmer Canadian? Yeah, he is. Yeah. No, but the video emulated the Robert Palmer like style with the like the backup dancers being all sultry and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Those those videos. Well, the Shania like, Twain video. Oh yeah, she did like the backwards version of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I enjoyed thoroughly, except for the actual song. It was fine. Uh, <laughs> okay, question number three: What is the pendant of the necklace that Harry buys for his would-be mistress? Ooh. Oh, oh, uh, Mike Lennington. A heart? Is that a heart? It is a gold Go- heart. Gold heart yes. with a little oh. red dot. <laughs> yes, with a ruby in it. But I'll oh, give you ruby. gold heart. Yes. Oh, I thought uh, it was going to be something complex. And yeah, me too. I, <laughs> I, I should have just gone with my gut. <laughs> yeah, it was Santa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something generic. Um, question number four. This actor in Love Actually had his big break playing this exceptional villain in another holiday classic. Alan Leah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, duh. <laughs> I thought I that was a Christmas Potter. movie. They're all Christmas movies. I uh, okay, Die Hard. Yeah, cool. yeah. Christmas <laughs> Well, the thing is, so like people argue all the time about Die Hard. Is it really a holiday movie or not? And a lot, there's a lot of people who are just like, no, it's just an action movie that happens to take place at Christmas. I'm like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Gets you in the spirit. Thank you. Oh, I was going to say Harry Potter's around Christmas too. So, Yeah, but he didn't get his big break in Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah, he was a stage actor before Die Hard. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. All right. So these questions get a little harder now. Okay. Because they haven't been already. Oh, <laughs> they have last one's kind of easy. Last one's kind of easy. So. Oh boy. <laughs> um, question number five. Two years before the release of Love Actually, Colin Firth and Hugh Grant worked together on this movie that begins in the. <laughs> Sean. Richard Jones's Diary. Yes. Yeah. I, love, I, I love those I, movies. I, I, I love those why movies. is that the one that you got? I, I don't get Die Hard, but I get Bridget Jones's Diary. <laughs> <laughs> Just rip up my nerd card right now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> okay. Next question. How many storylines are there in Love Actually? Six. Brandon. Incorrect. I just uh, guessed. <laughs> seven. Incorrect. Oh. I mean, I, I really put all of your faces. It's great. It, can't it really be depends six. on how you count storylines, but here we go. Okay. The synopsis says eight. I count Colin Firth's wife is cheating and Colin Firth has language issues as two different storylines. Oh. Okay. Even though they both follow him. Okay. So I am going to say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Oh. I will say incorrect, but you are the closest. I will give you that. Oh. Because one storyline is arguable. It's nine. So you have the guy who goes to America. You've got Colin mm-hmm. Firth with the Portuguese lady. You've got the married couple with the guy. 
You got Bill Nighy. You got the porn star standings. You got the little kid in love. You got the prime minister and the lady. And you got Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman and the co-worker romance. But if you look at the wiki, for some reason, they include Rowan Atkinson's role as no. a storyline, which makes no, no he's sense. The, he's he's the Christmas Christmas angel. Angel. Too. <laughs> I don't know. Like so, he's on the cover like he's a storyline. But he's yeah. not. No, he's not. He's just in two different stories. Did he have more, maybe? And then they cut it out. Maybe. That that makes me think. Have any of you guys seen the the follow-up thing they did for Red Nose Day? Like, Uh, (laughs) uh, the movie came out? I looked it up, and I was really confused as to what that was supposed to be. Oh, wait, yes. I was trying to find it last year, right? It it came out last year, like, when they they kind of reenacted. Yeah. um, Yeah. Last year, year before. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it during lockdown, I think. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah. So what was um, it? It's like where they all are now. Yeah. It was kind of sketches. Yeah, Wait. you've got Liam Neeson and the kid on, on, the, on the bench, but now he's an adult. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, because yeah, like like when you said where they are now, it was like as actors? I was like, what? <laughs> but no, it's the characters. Gotcha. The characters, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is a beloved is a movie. <laughs> no, it sounds like it was a... Uh, um... Yeah, like I don't know, know, it was like Brendan said, it, it was like little skits. It's a big charity. Yeah, event, yeah right? that's why I put it too. Okay, cool. I kind of liked it. Yeah, All right. I couldn't find it. I looked it up on YouTube because I was actually going to send it to you guys before, and I couldn't find an easy way to watch it at yeah. the moment. I don't know. Maybe, maybe because of our love for this film, we will all find it ourselves and have a rewatch. <laughs> you guys look so unimpressed with that answer. I really <laughs> need to know. How Alan Rickman's story, you know, turns out that that was a burning desire that I had. But I him. hope she yes, listens. I'd love to see him be a weekend dad with that secretary being weekend stepmom. That yeah. sounds yeah. like so much fun. Wait, but yeah. sorry, when did Alan Rickman die? Wasn't he dead? A couple of years ago. Yeah, so I don't think he'd be part of it. Good point. Yeah. That's very sad and depressing to think about. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. like you still made me laugh. You ruined Christmas. <laughs> I've ruined <Hey>! everything. <laughs> <laughs> you can all join me in misery. Uh, all right, we have a bonus question worth two points. Right? Is this for all the marbles? No, there. Well, there's a second part that we're for gonna two marbles. For two marbles. <laughs> this is a bonus question. Which actor in Love Actually connects this episode of Off My Shelf to the first episode of Off My Shelf in 2021? Oh, I should have that. Yeah, you should. So it would be it would be a number, right? You start with numbers. Look at that. There, 1984. Ooh. Um, no, 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 the first episode no. of my shelf in 2021. Don't so, so oh, look at our podcast oh, player. Is that cheating? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all right. I'm going. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll read out the episodes. Then, uh, but also, Mike, you were it. on the first episode this year. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the first episode this year and the first. Okay. Yes. I'm just gonna go build Nye. <laughs> yeah, just start saying actors. Sadly, not Bill Nye. Oh, I thought you went on pirates or something. <laughs> Pirate radio. No, I'm not even at P yet. It's I coming. Know. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> like, where's your starters? Okay, wait. So I'll, I'll read out the first two movies. They were uh, Twelve Monkeys, 1984. So no, of no, 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 this no, no. We're year. talking about. Oh, I'm sorry, this year. <laughs> Can you at least give us a letter? <laughs> was it Colin High? 
No. All right, this year, this year. No. Because no. earlier I was on I Hard Huck Flat Circle. I don't know what. I, okay, did, the, I did not okay. think this would be that hard. But uh, I, I, I got the answer, but it, it's Firefly and, and Serenity. So it's it's the bad guy from Serenity. Um, I, I can never say his name. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the one Kieran Knightley is married to. I always screw up his name when I say it. Do we do a for? Yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan gets it. Ah. <laughs> I'll have you to share half the point. <laughs> I mean, I had to cheat and look up the episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Wow, that was that was tough. Okay. Um, the funny thing is, is I did uh, a quiz yesterday, and I tried it on people at work, and they said it was too hard, so I made yeah. it. "Quote unquote easier." Apparently, yeah. I did a bad job at that. So all the other questions were totally in line. But. Yeah. Um, this is a side tangent, but he is such a good bad guy. He's so good. He is so good. Like, he's such a great actor in general, but mm-hmm. man, he's, he's great in Sunday. Yeah, and he does like he like he's. I find he's one of those actors, even though his look is very distinct. But he his career is kind of like Gary Oldman for me, where I'm like, yes, he's in that movie. And oh, then him too. Like, yeah, you know, because he yeah. just like he loses himself in the character, and you don't think of it yeah. as him; you think of it as that character, and you're just like, you're amazing at this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. When I breathing. saw Firefly, I thought, hey, it's the guy that got married in. Uh... <laughs> 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 need to remake Fifth Element with him. Ooh. Oh, in the Chris Tucker role. <laughs> uh, just, just be no, just because. Uh, I just want to see him do the Chris Tucker. Yeah. Oh, it's Gary Oldman. I see. Yeah. I love Gary Oldman. Yeah. That makes okay. Sense. Also, like they Oldman. they are not and then Gary Oldman did the Chris Tucker role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. I'm gonna start a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Please don't ruin that good movie, even though it has some questionable things in it. I love that movie. And the director is a shithead. I legitimately watched it like three days ago. It was on TV, and then. Uh, the original Running Man was on. I'm uh, not Running Ooh. Man. Oh, not Running Man. Oh, um, uh, Total Recall. Sorry, Total Recall. Yeah, was on, and I, I was just, just like, wait, the call was just on such an Arnie kick. Like I was I watching. Well, like I watched that. I watched uh, Conan again. I watched a nice. couple other ones, and then I, I just like continued with um, uh, uh, Verhoeven. So like did. Uh, um, Sergeant Troopers and uh, yeah. Robo Robo Cop. Cop. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I like like you understand why Arnold Schwarzenegger is famous when you watch all of his early stuff, and you're just like everything is so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, watch um, Hercules in New York. That's the first movie ever. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. It's awesome. <laughs> it's but they, they dub his voice. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it, it's so him. funny. It, it's like an, an old American guy talking. Because yeah. <laughs> they insisted that they nobody would understand him, but they yeah. needed his body well, to be like Hercules. When they released the first like whatever teaser for Conan, um where it's the it's a scene with Arnie and he's like uh, uh, what is best in life and it's like the um, uh, whatever the, the, to hear um, your enemies you know uh, 
the lamentation of their women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the joke, like, apparently it was like a whole media thing. That they were like, ha, 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 he has an accent. You can barely understand him. And so like, <laughs> he had to do voice, voice coaching after they released that scene so that he, they, he could be in the rest of the movie. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, it's true. Like, his earlier movies, he's a lot harder to understand than, you know, now. But also, he's been living in, like, North America for, like, 50, 60 years. So I think it's, you know, it just adds up after a while. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yes, great stuff. Uh, Talking about great stuff, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes! Um, Nice work. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I watched this a few hours ago. Um, to be honest, I don't have fond memories of this movie. Um, I believe I bought it because I had never watched it. And I was like, I need to look at this movie. And then when I finally did, I was like, Meh. and then I watched it today and I was like, it's better than I remembered. I'm okay with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's my thoughts about it? Any fond memories for you guys about childhood and growing the up? The first time stuff? I oh, saw damn. it, it terrified me. The Aww. Oogie Boogie was like, like I saw it as a small kid and I was like, that is a creature made of worms. It's not cool. He is a bad guy. I Aww. hated it. I was like, ah! But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like the so little and sweet. <laughs> and, and, so now, sweet. And, and now look at the movies you watch. Yeah, <laughs> I regret being a horror fan. <laughs> nothing phases yep. you. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I would have been uh, well into middle school where Mike would have been watching this movie as an actual child. So for me, it was like a nice out from. Uh, it was right in line with growing up watching Beetlejuice and Tim Burton's other films. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. really nestled right into my my like growing goth core and was yeah. like here is a way that you can approach the holidays but then uh i mean i have a lot to say about this movie so i, I want to let other people get their thoughts in but it is what i love about this movie is the way that my understanding and interaction with it has grown as i have grown mm-hmm. where oh, i take a, a very different look at the movie now i have a very different takeaway from it okay. cool. Brandon? i as an animator find it uh crazy <laughs> it's yeah, the craziest right? thing ever made because it's yes. like um uh i've worked at uh there's a place called cup of coffee and they do all these stop motion stuff and years ago i worked uh with a guy that did um these stop motion things when i was a little kid but uh stop motion animators are different than any other animator they're like kind yes. of crazy because they <laughs> they'll sit in front of a hot lamp for like upwards to over 12 hours to 18 hours just to do animation because they can only animate from frame one to like they can't go back in time they have to it's just straight ahead animation all the time so it's just it's it when you meet one they're they're like weird rock and roll stars (laughs) like they're weird people but in a nice way but also like they just uh when they're working you come across them and they're just wearing like a sweat t-shirt and like almost just underwear or shorts because they're in a room that's boiling hot all day. So when you, when they come out of that room, it's like either you come across them at midnight or like six in the morning. Like they're, yes, they're strange, strange people, but they're also like the nice, like they're so nice and friendly. Cause they got to, I guess, cause 
they got to work with four other people for 12 to 15 hours under a hot lamp. And sometimes I guess they screw it up and they got to redo the shot every time. So, uh, yeah, watching that film, I'm like, Jesus, like every single one with seven different characters, that's seven different people in a room doing that shot for, you know, they'll do some of those shots, like the oogity boogity ones were, uh, took them four months to do some of the shots. So that's like a 12 hour day. Of all stop motion feels especially kind of tactile more so than even some other stop motion things. Like the thing that really kind of blew my mind is like, there's real fur on some of the characters and real beards. They're not plasticine. So they weren't necessarily sculptable. Like, yeah, they switch out the faces and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like getting that stuff to sit right and not move in funny ways would be really, really hard. The textures, yeah, really jumped out at me, especially the liquids, the the fountain, the pots, mm. all the fog with the, the and then the overlay in camera. The guy How with the we... melting face, yeah, yeah, that guy. Guy. yeah. Zero, I don't understand zero. Like, did they oh, he was, he's he's fil- he's also like stop motion, but they film them. Uh, um, they they either roll back the film or they film put another film over top. So that okay. movie's so old. I think they roll back the film, and then one guy goes in and animates zero into the scene. Wow. It, it or, looks amazing. Yeah. yeah. Or they like, cause the, he's see-through. So I think they just splice another film on top sometimes. Okay. He's composite. There, yeah, yeah. There's an amazing uh, behind the scenes. I think it's just on YouTube now when I was a million years old, because I'm a million years old when I was younger, uh, it came, it was at the end of the Nightmare Before Christmas VHS, but there's like a half hour behind the scenes featurette that really helped me solidify how insane the amount of work is. Um, and I have a very, very visceral memory of learning that a lot of those sets were built on essentially tables that could be pulled apart so that the animator could pop up into the middle of the scene. So if you can imagine like six giant folding tables all with Halloween Town erected on them, and then one dude coming up just like, all right, I'm gonna move this guy a 16th of an inch and then we're gonna, okay, all right, everybody come back under the table and we're gonna take a picture. Just bananas and watching it again this time, um, uh, like Mike, you were saying those camera, all of the, shots where the camera moves, especially in the Oogie Boogie, like where the table is spinning, there's multiple characters and the camera's moving, just a bananas amount of logistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine uh, some of the shots when they, cause they, sometimes you do screw up and then it's like, oh, that's a week's worth of work. I got to reshoot that again. And mm-hmm. uh, I can't imagine, like, <laughs> like I, get, I guess I work with different animators, but like the, I imagine they get to a point where they it's not even a point to like get mad or yell because you got to get it done. So they just probably just take a deep breath and just restart reshooting it again. Yeah. And unlike a film set, it is probably harder to replace somebody when you are eight months into a two and a half year shoot. Um, yeah. you, it's yeah. not like that extra has been inappropriate. Hoof them off the set and get somebody else in their shot or you know, that grip drops something valuable as they go, which is more than norm on a regular set. It's weird. The the stop motion people I talked to, like when they started, they'd be from different animation things and then they get into stop motion. But like they, to do a test to become an animator, they have to do it. It's almost like trial by fire. Like they just got to go into a room 
and they're given like a character and they're like, Hey, make it do this and this. And then they have to spend the next like, you know, eight hours doing a test to potentially get a job. So it's like, it's, it's just great. Like, I don't remember ever doing something like that. I think I would cry. Like, yeah. It's almost well, they, like they get uh, really... the, the psychological testing they do for like somebody who has to work in a submarine. Or astronauts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you yeah. physically capable and, and emotionally capable of just being locked in a room with people for that long right. <laughs> while doing highly detailed work? Yep. Mm-hmm. Sean, what's your thoughts? Yeah. Um, the movie? Yeah. Um, well, this is only my second time seeing it. I, even though I love uh, stop motion, I never saw this as a kid for some reason. I don't know why. So I think I watched it first for the first time last year. The lockdown. Oh, oh really? Wow. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of movies on my list that I had never seen. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to knock a bunch off. Mm-hmm. This is one of them. And, and I love it. I love this movie. The songs right. are great. Uh, the voice acting is awesome. Uh, I talked about the stop motion is amazing. Uh, yeah, this is a great movie. Actually, yeah, yeah. That was another Danny Elfman uh, music. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he did, uh, I think he originally like went before the final cut of the, the songs and the voices. I think he did like three of the characters, like voices for the thing. And then also like, I think uh, he would get asked like, Oh, in this scene, we're doing this and this. And then he'd go away and then come back in four days. And he'd have like an awesome song, (laughs) like for the thing. Yeah, he said it was super easy to write all of the music for this movie and like all of the lyrics and stuff. He was just like, oh, it's yeah, that's not a problem for you. I mean, I love this movie so much, but also I do feel like it suffers from the themes being too similar, the music being too similar. I think that the callbacks are Danny Elfman's style is so unique and identifiable that I do think one of the failings of the movie is potentially allowing Danny Elfman total individual control. And I think it might have been a better movie for somebody with a little bit more, somebody who would have pushed him to do a little bit more musical movement. Uh, well, yeah, he's going to put it out there. singing voice as well, right? Yeah. He's, he's Jack singing voice. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I find one thing. I did not remember this movie. I remember there were songs in the movie. I remember that part, but it's like there's a song and then there's somebody says three words and there's a song. Then there's four more words and there's a song and then there's two more words. And I was like, that's way too much singing. Like it's like, it just seemed to be like, like there's no dialogue. There's no, like, I know they, they push the, the plot forward in the music and all that kind of stuff, but I am, I am not, a musical person i know i know that sounds crazy um i'm not a huge fan of of musicals but i don't i don't mind songs and things but for me it was too much like i was just like can you just say i'm gonna walk over here instead of singing a three-minute song about walking over there that would be awesome when i i also found so tracy just to follow up on that for me it's wall-to-wall music so even when there are no songs you're hearing the same things to so the In same the themes underneath the and i think that yeah, yeah, there are there are points at which we could have heard little to no music and had I I think that's part of it is that it just fatigues you to hear the same themes revisited with no break over and over throughout the whole If you never played the Kingdom Hearts games, you've heard those themes for hours. <laughs> um, I mean, I can very, listen very to frogs, but yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I think for me the music as well, I don't know. I feel like the best songs are stacked really early. And I, yes. I, I actually overall yeah. I think 
the movie for me as a story. So I, I grew up with the movie. My brother's a massive fan, and I really liked the movie. Mm-hmm. But as a story, I it, it's not my favorite. What I, what I like about it is the visuals. Um, I really enjoy the music, but I think the best music's at the towards the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of what I like about it, and I guess what I took about it was the iconography and the cultural kind of aspects of it growing up. So, mm-hmm. like, it was a big part of, um, like, the image of Jack Skellington was a mm-hmm. big part of um, punk and emo culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually, like, so me and Tracy met when we lived in Japan, and that was, like, peak emo. So I saw yeah. um, <laughs> I saw the Black Parade. Like Michael McCrory, that's the Black Parade in Japan. So, mm-hmm. like, we were right in amongst it. And Japan loves Nightmare Before Christmas. I so also, hold on. I also think we went out one day and, like, bought, like, stuff. We like, did. Uh, we were buying a birthday present for my now wife. Um, yes, that's and, right. And oh, I included Nightmare Before Christmas stuff because it was it was important to me. Um, but there's there was, like, every... Every shop that sells anything remotely collectible had Nightmare Before Christmas yeah. stuff while we were there. And actually, I went back a couple of years ago, and there's still a lot of Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Oh, really? Stuff. But, yeah, <laughs> maybe not as much as there was when I we were there. But yeah. it was it was huge. It's so popular there that there's a character called Vampire Teddy who is in two shots of the movies. <laughs> they have their own merchandise range. Vampire oh Teddy, yeah, as popular as Jack it sounds Kelly. like Star Wars merch. <laughs> yeah. I know. Vampire Kitty, I would argue in Japan is as, uh, Vampire Teddy, sorry, is as popular as Jack Skellington, oh, yes. despite <gasps> being in like two shots in the whole movie. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't remember. Hearts, I didn't even know who the character oh. was. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I know that. Yeah. 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 yeah, I have a, a specific note for the podcast about how cute that guy is. Yeah. You can get Vampire Teddy stuff if you want it. Um, you might just need to look on <laughs> some Japanese. You want to just bounce around behind stuff. me forever? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very much like Jack Skellington. And and I mean, if you look at the Mike and McCormick's Black Parade outfits, they're clearly inspired by Jack Skellington. Mm. Like, it was, to me, maybe that's more important to me. I actually started to nod off in the second half of the movie. I watched it recently with my son as well. Um, but I started not off in the second half of the movie, but that first half with the this is Halloween theme and then what's this as well is the other big one for me. Like Those are the two big, really, really good songs and and, and two really different scenes as well because it's the first time we see Halloween Town and then the first time we see Christmas Town. And to me, those are the two best parts of the movie. And then after that, it's it's a good, it works as a movie, but I, I feel like, it's to just me, it playing out the 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 thing that it's set up, the premise. So exactly. like, you're like, okay, uh, he's he's overreached, and now things have to be set right. And so it just kind of is like you're just watching the dominoes fall rather than like yeah. there's new interesting things in the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my thing. So Leah, you you kept talking about like the themes coming back up in it, and that's what can be kind of frustrating. But do you mean that like? I found throughout the movie, this is Halloween and what's this? They kept reprieving those songs with just switching up the lyrics. That's what you mean, right? Yeah, yeah. The the musical themes, like they will use, you know, a bar or two of the the main songs of Jack's Lament, of Sally's Lament, of Mm -hmm. this is, yeah. Yeah, and how about, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 I I was just going to say that, yeah. 
musically they come up and up and up again and i think it does contribute to the fatigue because later in the movie you get uh kidnap the sandy claws and you get Oogie Boogie's song, song and <laughs> those are like really That's different points but i think at that point uh yeah you get such a, a music for me i get such a musical fatigue mm-hmm. that it is one of the one of the reluctant criticisms that i have of the movie yeah like i found it like kept getting boring to me uh, because of like they kept using the same bars throughout it and you're just like no that's the same song just slightly different lyrics and like I I get what you're doing but I think we need a different song another song to be like you know bring people back into all of it yeah Yeah. and it's interesting for a movie that has that never gets boring visually Mm -hmm. right every shot for me is an absolute delight and there's something different for me to like feast on and look at in different details, but yeah, but yeah. But yeah. I'm also gonna I'm gonna tee you up a little bit. Uh, uh, so about saying that uh, Danny Elfman was kind of, you know, a genius who was allowed to do too much, and maybe uh. maybe didn't, uh, uh, um, maybe could have could have used some other artistic input and and maybe listen to other people a little more. I feel like that might be uh, one of the themes we could talk about in that movie where Jack Skellington is just like the, as you're talking about changing your view on dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So when I talk about coming back to this movie in a, from a different frame of mind, like this is absolutely the more I watch this movie, the more it is the story of a woman who escapes from a domineering patriarch to the uninterested arms of a self-obsessed, grandiose, uh, inconsiderate vision, would-be visionary, would-be artist, would-be revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've all had that pendulum swing too far and then readjusted ourselves. Maybe that's just a ladies thing. I don't know. Maybe it's not. <laughs> not uh, Tim Burton. No? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But yeah, absolutely. Um, this becomes for me more and more an interesting story about Sally mm-hmm. and how um, the, the film seems to be clear uh, as Santa Claus says, Sandy Claus says at the end, she's the only one who makes any sense around this insane asylum. She is, but also the film I think does per- perhaps too subtle a job of validating Sally's ability and agency and she throws herself out of a tower. She literally sews herself back together. She is the only one who can sew Jack's Christmas Santa Claus outfit. And even though it is uh, a feminine area of work, the the ability to sew, it's still something valid that she has that nobody else has. So even though it's not really, it's not really given its due weight in the film, it's mm-hmm. still something that. Uh, like other characters may not recognize it as such, but the film itself recognizes that that is a, a talent that she has. Same thing with cooking and potion brewing. Yeah. Right? She's the only one who creates yeah. new things, right? Like yeah. the, 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 the scientist created her, but didn't want to. And so ultimately ends up recreating himself. Yes. Uh, the yeah. Jack Skellington just goes back to being better at, at creating Halloweens over and over again. But if you give Sally 
a Santa outfit. She's like, oh yeah, I can make that despite right. the fact that it's out outside of the like the entire thing that I do. And mm. and yep. you know. yeah, so, yeah. That's that's the Easy way in which I talk about revisiting this movie is just going from looking like this is a story about Jack and the dreams that he had and the thing that he tried to just a story about Sally and everybody just constantly being insane around her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the like, most going on. Cause she's, she's the only character I think in the movie that has a history. Like she has this kind of traumatic upbringing and, and all of those things. We don't know what happened to Jack prior to the Halloween at the beginning of the movie. And we never really find out except that he's had many, many Halloweens and all of the other characters are pretty much one note characters. There are, they're a visual thing or a joke more yeah. than they are a character um, where she has, she's like a legit character that changes and, and develops. And, and even Jack doesn't really develop like he tries something and it doesn't work and he goes back to what he did before um, he kind of learns part of a lesson where hmm. he he doesn't actually learn it but he comes close to learning it when he said when he tells oogie boogie how dare you treat my friends so shamefully he almost hmm. gets to the point where it's like i have that was me i should but he doesn't apologize to sally because he's not a no. realized adult well, who's able to do that kind of thing yeah i think i, I think he's in charge of, that- of all the emotions yeah. Just like the other movie. There, there is a thematic link. Like, yeah, ah. I guess so. Oh, we found also her. significantly older than her, so that, that rings true as well. <laughs> um, well, I think going back to what Leah said about Sally, about her throwing herself out the window and stuff, it, it also shows that the cultural view of women being able to literally pull themselves back together um, and the lengths women will, like, women would go through to say quote unquote save the day right like she like she rips herself apart several times throughout the film sews herself back together and it takes all of that for somebody to acknowledge the fact that she could possibly be right but will not apologize for themselves being wrong but will be like now i can accept you because i guess you made me slightly better you know i have to fight it just like too yeah. <laughs> and then you're just like, oh, my God, she literally ripped her leg off, ripped her hands off, saved the day. And only one person acknowledges that, like, she's the sane one. Everybody else is crazy. I think then- you're ignoring, you know, the, the trials and tribulations that the scientist goes through. He drank uh- every night. <laughs> <change. That's not, laughs> you know, he had to pull himself back together, too. <laughs> No, you may have a hard time. All he had to do was wake up. Like, what? <laughs> he had to put a little ice bag on his tiny head. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's true. The ice bag. He's probably groggy all day long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor scientist. Poor I, scientist. Uh, also, he can open his brain and scratch it, which is awesome. Ah, so oh, good. Yeah. He can also give half his brain to uh, his phone or whatever. Which I'm surprised, like, when you took out half, you didn't just start to drool automatically. Be like, Ooh. yeah. I thought that was- uh, so that would be a full frontal lobotomy. Apparently, that's a that's a whole different thing. Uh, so if you it, the hemisphere is pe- a different- yeah, people people can I think uh, exist with like everybody's different and, and diminished capacity. But it, like it, if you chop your brain this way, it's well, I'm I'm for the podcast audience uh, horizontally from ear to ear. <laughs> Um, the, it's it, the 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 frontal lobe is obviously like where a lot of the like lobotomized 
You're right. If, if, you, if you imagine, imagine it's demonstrated in the movie by the guy who's got the axe in his head. Yeah. So the Easter Bunny and says, "Bunny." <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you can see, his brain function is impaired. Please continue. Yes, uh, but uh, uh, a, a other one like the, we get into like nonsense about left brain, right brain stuff, but mm. uh, theory, but but like because uh, you know that'd be a fun thing if if he put his creativity into one person and then they constantly bicker, but that's a uh, they, that's more anyway. Well, but I, I mean, guess brains. Hooray. You've got all the pieces that you need of a brain to function. They're just not complete versus you're missing yeah. half a brain. Like, missing yeah. some very important parts of the brain. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, according to... So he kept his right brain and he gave away his left his left lobe of his there brain. You go. Um, so The lady would have the language center. Yeah. So therefore, he can have great conversations, and he can picture them in his head. Here you go. Science. See, you learn things here. It's fine. <laughs> uh, speaking of science, mm-hmm. this is on this viewing. My big takeaway here: Jack clearly he wants to uh, reduce Christmas to a formula. Very cute. I like the way that they went about that. Mm-hmm. The face that he makes when he acts, when he boils the candy cane and it's a noodle. It just, that's an animated, that's a figurine. It, anyway, I just, I really love that as a, a moment of showing the potential for like a deep emotion. Like it's a true confusion. Anyway, that, neither here nor there. The point is he wants to, he wants to understand this phenomenon scientifically. And he wants there to be a formula that resolves scientifically, mm-hmm. but Bear with me a moment. What if instead of going to Dr. Fink- Dr. Finkelstein, Jack had asked the witches to help him find this elusive magical component of Christmas? You have witches in your town who could maybe help you with the magic part of things. Well, I what? think I want to watch that movie. Like he understood that Christmas Town was different and he didn't. And he understood it made you feel a different way. But I don't, I think the reason why he went to the scientific method is because he didn't realize, quote unquote, the magic of Christmas. So he went the most logical way possible. But yes, I would be curious to see how, what antics would happen if he went like, I got the witches to like brew something, you know, and together instead of like, uh, Double double toil and trouble. It's like, yeah, you know that kind of uh, stuff. I, I don't think he values yeah. the people of Halloween Town very much. Like, uh, unless there's someone that he specifically knows can give him the thing that he wants. Like, pretty much the whole whole part of the movie is that him saying, "No, you're doing that wrong. Go back and try again." Yeah. Like, and, and you don't understand Christmas. I'm the only one that understands Christmas, despite right. he doesn't Which, understand Christmas. Mm-hmm. But, he's supposed to be the leader. He's a bad communicator. And also yeah. he has no faith in his vision because mm-hmm. as soon as he realizes that he's not communicating well about what makes Christmas exciting, he just abandons it and gives the people what they want in order to stay mm-hmm. in power. So it, being the leader of Halloween Town is what he wants much more than conveying his vision. So I don't understand why he puts everybody through all this, but you know, <laughs> I have never been a teenage boy. So what do I know? It, it, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's really hard. Yeah. There, you, wouldn't, you shouldn't be trusted. If, if your main interaction with the people of Halloween Town, other than, you know, specific interactions is uh, 
two-faced mayor politician uh like i I feel like the trust should be low but yeah this i feel like this movie is like dunning kruger effect oh oh yeah 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 it's just like oh i know a little bit about this it can't be that hard i'm smart i'll just uh you know it's all good uh, I know your whole life you've it. been told you're a genius by the people yes. of the town that you're in. You've been told you can can do no wrong. Mm. So why would you ever expect that you can? Uh, like, like you just assume you're always yeah. right, and you assume eh, it's going to work out because it always does. Mm. Yep. Yeah, you made the walls fall, crack. Um, Jack, you made the very mountains crack, Jack. Yep. Right. We all know that gifted kids always come out of gifted kid upbringing with no issues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all really normal. <laughs> yeah. Speaking um, of, of gifted kids, um, I did a Halloween display this year, and um, hello. So Halloween's not really traditionally been a thing in Australia, but the last few years it's become a lot more popular. And I live in an area with a lot of young families, so um, like in my street, we had three or four houses that decorated and did like pretty big displays and had kids come through. I think we had like we went we went through hundreds of pieces of candy, so like it, it was neat. pretty cool. Um, and um, Halloween's going kind of suppressed here because of the lockdown. So, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. Well, it's interesting that it's, has it's been having here, a resurgence, which is largely it's an island, and um, we haven't had any cases for a long time. So, we largely yeah. have been living normally. Um, just we can't go anywhere. So, um, so, we didn't do Halloween last year, um, because of lockdowns. So, I think this year people were ready. Just because there's no concerts, there's no nothing going on. So people were just like ready to do stuff. So like we went and spent way too much money on Halloween decorations and like multiple people in our street did this. We had all of these kids coming through. And one of the things I had going was um, just like a little Bluetooth speaker playing some Halloween songs. And this is Halloween was one of them. And I met this boy. Um, he's I think he's about five or six. And that song started playing and he, he'd been there chatting with me for a while because he came quite late. So there wasn't a lot of other kids. And he said to me, I watched Nightmare Before Christmas recently. And I was like, oh, what did you think of it? And he said, it blew my mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute. And he was like such a well-spoken little boy. Like he was clearly a, a, one of those thinkers <clears throat> and um, he'd taken a lot away from it. But yeah, he, he, he just loved, it was clearly he just loved that movie and he loved the dark, kind of creepy stuff that that i loved when i was a kid like it, it could have almost been like talking to me when i was little because nightmare before christmas came out when i was a bit older um but certainly things like gremlins and things were very much my kind of creepy christmas vibe yeah. as, as a kid and i'm um, very much kind of the weird kid so meeting this kid that was in, that into nightmare before christmas, christmas was just like it, it was super cute and super nice it was a very wholesome experience when He's sitting there playing with like haunted dolls and things in in the front part of my garage. So yeah, yeah it was cool. Yeah, this is, this is one of the few movies that you can you can watch two seasons. You know, like Halloween mm. and Christmas, and it makes it's perfectly acceptable that it is. This is like this is like goth Christmas fun. You're like, all right, mm. we will accept this. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> If I must deal with Christmas, this is the way in which I would like to deal with Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this just showcases why I, I know this movie isn't directed by Tim Burton, but it's based on like stuff that fell out of his brain. 
but it's very clear as to why you goss like him and like everybody kind of likes tim burton movies because they're just they're just interesting and you see like he has the new ones like what do you mean like which one (laughs) oh god like i I have to pull them up but Oh, the Alice in Wonderland ones? Oh, yeah, that. Uh, Willy Wonka. Um, I, I, I think the last movie I liked of his was, because I do like musicals, was, um, oh, God, what, uh, the, 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 the Barber one. Uh, yeah, Sweeney Todd. Todd. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't hear you. Sweeney Todd, yeah. yeah. That's the last Tim Burton movie I think I, I liked. I did that like That was a long Dumbo. time ago. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like Dumbo. Oh, uh, I haven't seen Dumbo. Week, but, but I liked it a lot. Okay. All right. I have uh, actively uh, refused to watch the the live versions of any of the Disney movies. I can't. I can't do it. I just. I don't need this in my life. And even when you watch the cartoon version of Dumbo, that shit is heartbreaking and destroys your soul from the inside. But you the get live it. actual is very different to that. Yeah. Like, but um, it's very much a Tim Burton movie, which I think is why I enjoyed it because I, I like Tim Burton when he's really being. Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a big fan of him doing Planet of the Apes. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. That, yeah. that doesn't appeal to me at all. But when oh, that was so bad. Creepy, oh yeah. Creepy Sorry. tall thing <laughs> with stripes. I'm I'm kind of all there for that. Um, he did Mars Attacks, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he did. did. I love that. Was kind of fun. Yeah, I like that. My favorite Tim Burton movies is actually Big Fish, which is arguably oh yeah slightly good, less yeah. of a. Tim Burton movie visually. I need to rewatch that one. I think those two, Mars Attacks and Big Fish, he didn't do well at the box office. Yeah, yeah. Like Mars Attacks, definitely. Like people, well, I mean, people did go see it and, like, you know, you saw it and you're like, oh, this is pretty good. But then, like, media really did not like it. Oh, critics hated that movie so much. Yeah, and it it just didn't. Also, spent huge amounts of money on a movie where they deliberately made it look kind of crappy. Um, so yeah. like they lost <laughs> a lot of money into it and mm-hmm. probably they could have done it a cheaper way <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i, I gotta rewatch big fish i i saw it once it was one of the few times like it was one of the first times i got like really high mm-hmm. so my memory of the movie is not yeah. It's not great. (laughs) It's also, it's visually too, it's actually one of his brighter movies and more colorful Mm movie because it's very Ah. like, the colors are very saturated in it and it's meant to be uh, extremely whimsical because most of it is a retelling of like memories and stuff. Mm. Um, So like it, 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 it plays on that kind of thing. Um, And I just, I just love, I, I'm, I know I'm a real cynic about all this love nonsense and whatever, but that's one of the few movies where I'm just like, I like, I'm just like, oh, you know, like it's just fuck, it, it got me, you know, like it just it yeah. makes me angry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, like, like that one. to it's Tim Burton kind of, uh, I I think people expected a certain level and want like uh, with his earlier stuff from you know everything from Batman to Edward Scissorhands. I don't know, did he do Pee Wee? Herman's Adventures. Yeah. 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 It was like, they're all like similar because they, they're what he did, but also they had their own specific different styles in a way. Like they were, I don't know. I, I think like people expected he'd be like uh, Spielberg, but it's like, why, you know, like they expect like everything he comes out with, it's going to be like smashing and awesome. And, right. I think in recent years, he's done a lot be of tough. remakes and things and, like, cause he did the Alice ones that yeah. I think yeah. were a lot. I think were 
just kind of people just forgot him. Um, the CGI really, nonsense, like it, it's, yeah. it looks so bad. Mm-hmm. Sorry, he did. He did really Wonka or Charlie and Chuck Factory, whichever what it was, which I actually thought was pretty decent. But it, then it's going to be compared to the original, like to Willy Wonka, which you're always yeah. going to be compared to that movie. I think, yeah. like, I think it was good for what it was, but it didn't. It didn't kind of probably need to exist because people still watch that original movie quite fondly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, it did. I don't. It maybe didn't push far enough away from it in the other direction to be something really different either. Yeah, same with Planet of the Apes. Like he should yeah. just, you know, like there was interesting things about it, but then it was like, mm. oh, this isn't like this isn't any better at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not even close. Well, yeah. Yeah. well some of the things were cool, like that uh, the bad guy chimpanzee like tim roth's character mm-hmm. he looked kind of cool but then when they <laughs> you know like you just picture the actor in a monkey suit and you're just like oh this is yeah. like you know in the 70s it was really awesome but now it's like yeah you got 3d and cg and stuff yeah like i know his newer films are not great like story-wise editing like they just don't make any sense a lot of them right but all of them still have that like super distinctive visual style and like they're beautiful movies to look at no matter how shitty the movie actually turns out to be. Because even in like Planet of the Apes, like you were saying, Sean, the the makeup and stuff was like really like cool and good and like well done. It was just badly used and kind of stupid. Like the story's awful. Yeah, the yeah, story's awful stories, and yeah. stuff. You know, so, also, so like that's uh, one thing I will give to him. Also, Mark Wahlberg as a scientist is uh, uh, yeah. he played a scientist a so many times. Uh, yeah, but every time he plays a scientist, he's like he should be a high school scientist. What's that? The happening? Yeah, yeah. Like, I was gonna say the anybody ever look at the bees? And I was like, oh my god, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have I never seen the happening. The I'm okay with that. Yeah. We should have a bad movie night and watch it. It's so funny. Oh god! When, when, when they realize it's plants and there's like a house plant in the room and they're just like <laughs> they're all so scared of it. <laughs> like, the like, plants I, I think, listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I can't. I, I can't tell if it's for comedy or if it's just because the movie's bad. Like it, I remember right. in theaters, people's bursting out laughing. <laughs> I mean, I'm back in because one of my favorite movies and books of all time is The Ruins. And I just think it is such an unbelievably effective horror movie and horror book. And yeah. so if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Immediately. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, I love that movie, too. Um, that's yeah. in the Mexican but, pyramid, right? The, yeah, the yeah. stuck yes. in the vines. Yeah, I like okay. that one, too. Th- th- there's a book? Yes. <sighs> the book is fast and I love, I love and that brutal movie. and so great and okay, go read I'm it to my wish list. and you'll read it in an afternoon no matter what else you have to do Thank but you. uh anyway that no was idea. all to say i am in for anything involving dubious houseplants <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it by scott smith sorry uh, yeah yeah okay, thank you thank you yeah. <sighs> i'm so happy Sean's on it. Oh, oh man. Oh, Sean, I'm so excited for you. He's, he's already writing his letter to Santa. Dear Santa. <laughs> Can't believe it. Sean's night's been ruined. Oh, <laughs> Santa's <laughs> last month. <laughs> hey, what's the wish list? All right, sorry. I know I know we kind of moved past Daddy Elfman a bit, but we did kind of talk about Tim Burton's legacy and how maybe it's not as good as his promising start would have implied. Mm-hmm. I think Daddy Elfman is like, because obviously with Batman and then Nightmare Before Christmas, I guess Tim Burton is kind of really responsible for him being such a huge part of pop culture that he is today. Like, he's a massive part of so many movies and franchises. Like, Simpsons. for me, 
like I watched Spider-Man, the Maguire ones, the Raimi films again, pretty recently. Oh, yeah. uh, Men in Black. And, I love like, the Men in Black one. Yeah, that soundtrack is just so, so important good. to those movies. Yeah. And it is a huge difference, point of difference from, like he really got, I think, the weird and sort of strange aspect of Spider-Man that maybe the more, like I love the more recent movies, but I don't think they quite get that bit. Like that Spider-Man was this kind of creepy He's a bit of a creepy weirdo. Like he's got this full body suit, and no one yep. knows what he looks like underneath. And he um, shoots webs at people out of out of his wrists. And like there is yeah, a creepy. It's, it's a puberty. And, and, uh, 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 yeah. Well, at least he's not like a is, real spider. Yeah, no, that was butter. Well, Sean, you are drinking that eggnog. Oh no! Everybody, I, I switched, I switched the scotch. Learn. I ran out. Every dude needs to learn at some point. You can't just spray that ever all, all across town. You know? <laughs> can't be a web slinger. <laughs> can't be a web slinger. Because <laughs> Spider-Man was co-created. Because obviously there's the Stan Lee aspect. But yeah. the Steve Ditko aspect, I think, of Spider-Man sometimes gets forgotten. And he was the, the co-creator of Doctor Strange as well, which was like the two really kind of odd out there heroes of those early Marvel comics. And, and I love that that the Raimi films get that almost like even the scene where he transforms in the first one, there's like the body horror aspect. And yes. I think Danny Elfman's score just perfectly kind of keeps that tone throughout. So even when he becomes more heroic, he's still weird. Like he's mm-hmm. still, there's still that sort of creepy vibe to those, that those movies have. And yeah. I, I think we see that. I, I don't know. For me, that's, that's Danny Elfman. Like you always, you recognize his music right away. Yeah. 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 Well, I think I think too with the the Spider-Man movies, like you were saying, the music helps you realize that being a superhero is cool and stuff, but it's still weird. Like it's weird, yeah. you know, like having these powers, doing all this nonsense, the people attacking you, and you're like, I can't even go to the grocery store. You know, some guy's gonna throw a bomb and try to like do whatever, and you're like, oh, okay, I'll be back. What else? You know, it's it it makes you remember like this shit's weird. Don't think it's normal. Don't think you're gonna like it. Yeah, it's messed up. It helps the music. What what's Danny Elfman <laughs> done most recently? I'm trying to think of. Uh, oh, that's a good question. To I, be I, I can't think either. I yeah. mean, The Simpsons is still on, oh, so he, he's every, still every cashing half hour. Chance. Yeah, every half hour that TV exists in the world, Danny <laughs> yeah. becomes Cha-ching, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it is quite beautiful. Um, yeah, at the top of his thing is The Simpsons still. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he was part of Oingo. Yeah, I didn't know. I know was, yeah, yeah. But, but like... Um, he was in Oingo Boingo? He's yeah, the Fifty yeah, yeah. Shades of Grey score. Uh, he was Oingo Oh, Jesus, really? Yeah. Jeez. He did the score. What? It's not even the first one. It's the second one. It's the Fifty Shades Darker. Oh, that's when they fired way all the, the actual first creative one, team, and we're just like, like, "Yeah, is that a reference to anal?" It's darker. <laughs> oh my god, uh, I'm not answering that question. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, apparently, can I pull things girl- back in. Yeah, yeah. If I could, if I could, I have a few small moments from the Nightmare Before Christmas, the movie that we started talking about three hours ago. <laughs> that, sure, go ahead. Uh, I would just is that is now a good time. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I love so much um, Glenn Shaddix, who played Otto in Beetlejuice and who is the mayor here. Just RIP, a truly gifted voice, but also many additional voices are contributed by Greg Proops, who you guys probably know from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Those of you with a two-year-old might know him from Bob the Builder. 
Uh, great voice actor. Uh, possibly only the American Bob the oh, Builder. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. In yeah. any case, the point is uh, an unexpected delight. Uh, and uh, most evident, you can hear him in the line, won't they be impressed? I am a genius, yeah. which is what the Harlequin <laughs> demon sings in Making Christmas yeah. while he's making a hat out of a dead rat and Jack suggests yeah. that. And it's just a really nice, he's also the sax player in the band. It's just a, like a really neat thing to hear. All of the additional voices are so great. Um, but going back to the mayor, uh, one of the things that I love so much is when he when Jack has wandered off and he's going to Jack's house to try to find him. And he says, I've got the plans for next Halloween. And they're literally just a drawing of like a bat and a cat and some notes and measurements. I can do that. I would like to see those notes. I just, it's such a great detail. Yeah, yeah. The, the, and, and what's great is like, I love the Lego movie uh, with Liam Neeson being the like good cop, bad yes. cop with this mm. flipping head. And this, this is, it's like a straight up, uh, homage, homage let's call the, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's call it an homage to the mayor. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. What other small, small, cool things are there? It's, it's so. Well, so we see the voice that goes, "Hey, Bo Daddy," as he walks past. Yeah, that, yeah yep. that's my favorite bit. I, <laughs> he, I love the three little kids. Point, I don't yeah. know what their names are. Oh, Lockstock and Barrel. Lockstock and Barrel. Lockstock and Barrel, thank you. Everything they do. Lockstock and I just Barrel. have a giant smile on my face. Like, I love yeah. the Santa Claus song, the kidnapping Santa Claus song is my favorite song. Just, yes. They're, them laughing, them uh, conniving. I love it. <laughs> their, their faces are scarier under the masks than yeah, yeah, the masks yeah, yeah. that they wear. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about them is best. I do enjoy the yeah. vampires having little umbrellas for the sun. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love everything about the vampires. Every time they show up, I'm so happy. I just every little small singing part they have is so great. Um the werewolf with the tight flannel shirt. Um like yes. he's grown and his shirt doesn't fit he's, anymore. Um, yes. I was a werewolf <laughs> for Halloween one year back in like university and I wore a flannel shirt. And it was only when I was watching this movie that I was like, oh, that's why I chose a flannel shirt for that costume. I, I now realize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's a really lovely moment where the the mayor is trying to use his megaphone and it's it, there's something in it. it. He's trying to use it to, to listen in on Jack talking to Lock, Shock and Barrel and it doesn't work. There's something in it. And he like thumps a spider out of it. And it turns out it's the spider that is his bow tie. So he like, puts it back on his chest and then thumps it back and then the, there's a little squeak it just there are so many throwaway moments that would have been would have taken time and it, like foresight to film even in a regular movie that in a like that throwaway gag might have taken like two weeks to film because yeah. this movie's so insane and so mm-hmm. i just appreciate them so much and all of the all of the foley work is so great all the sound effects are so great like it mm. just the the underneath the music there is a whole other soundtrack that is so beautiful yes i like the, the cloud and he says i am the cloud with the terror away face and he pulls his face <laughs> off like clouds with terror away faces a thing that we always see <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> i've never seen a cloud with a terror away face before <laughs> but as soon as they said it it was like oh yeah that makes sense yeah I'm, yeah i'm in yeah. for this of course yeah, amazing yeah. creatures in this movie yes um, I also appreciate the fact, like, if this movie was made now, it wouldn't have been proper voice actors. It would be, like, Seth Rogen and Chris Pratt and 
and yep. just, you know, uh, well, super well-known people who generally just use their own voice. Mm-hmm. And I, that always takes me out of the movie. Like uh, it always takes me out of new animated movies. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, sometimes like ten- it, I think sometimes it works and sometimes you're just like, no, why are you? Yeah, no. I think that's why there's this big backlash against like Chris Pratt being hired for like several Mario. animated films. Recently, He's going to be Mario. Like, that doesn't make Mario sense. Mario something else. At the same time, yeah, that are ridiculous. He's not—he's not a great voice actor. No, and also he does, he's got other. I hope he does do Mario, and I hope he does an Italian voice. Oh, <laughs> it, would, it would make me so, so happy. I should just <laughs> stop so him being hyped for anything else. Hey, it's me, but it's like a really bad Italian. I love meatballs. Yeah, I'm a spaghetti. Yeah, just names. I do think yeah, my country looks like a boot. Yeah, like we're gonna be a good doggy dog. It's weird because that that was already like a thing that was happening in the '90s, but they still um, they still put on voices. So, like, obviously, Catherine O'Hara is like recognizable, but right. at the same time, she's she's putting on voices. And then, like, Toy Story, which I think is a similar year, like same year or one or two. Either way, like it's it's. Uh, um, like Tom Hanks is like you know he, he was a big deal at the time, but he's putting on a voice yeah. instead of being like. No, 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 what I mean is like he yeah. was already a big thing. Like yeah. he, he, yes. Well, if you if you're paying for as a big thing, yeah. If you're paying for Tom Hanks, like these days, it would be like, oh, so you should sound like Tom Hanks. You shouldn't sound like Woody. You should mm-hmm. sound like Tom Hanks, and and that's not. That like back then there still seemed to be that space where it's like oh yeah yeah he's still a celebrity yeah. voice but like you you, you got to do a voice you know you can't yeah you know, just... do do but they I really think ten year olds give a crap if if it's I don't know Seth Rogen right. as the voice of you know blah 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 like no, no I, I don't get it by the film dude <laughs> do they though like do they really care I I, I think yeah, yeah I think there was a period. <laughs> Well, there is like a, I remember like Toy Story and stuff like that where my brother would like specific, or even the Harry Potter stuff. He was like, oh yeah, well, you knew like he would enjoy certain things if, so he would like, you know, rent this or that or get the kids to watch these things because he knew, oh, that person's in it, Hmm. that type of thing. Oh, that was a, a funny side story is I took my niece, uh, when she was five to go see Willy Wonka. Uh, the Tim Burton one, and then um, there's a scene where she turns into a blueberry, and then of course uh, I wasn't even thinking about it, but I bought her a uh, Froger with blueberries in it, and she looked at she looked at me terrified, and then looked at her yogurt in, as the scene was happening, but she went, oh, I don't feel good, and then <laughs> I had to stand outside in the hall with her as she turned oh, into no. a blueberry. <laughs> Which she oh no. Yeah, that was the end of the movie, by the way. We had to take her home because she yeah. was getting Aww. ready to die and turn into a blueberry. Natch, yeah, she has to make some plans, you know. You know it's important. It's the art can it, like that. That means that the movie connected with her. I think that, that like, I'm, I, I hope she wasn't traumatized, obviously, but like, that it means that, like, whatever. I was a little bit traumatized by watching uh, um, Oogie Boogie the first time I saw it, but it, it meant that that was a movie that stuck with me a little bit. It was like, it was something that I needed to come back to and, and engage with. So I hope, that, I hope yeah. that she has that experience with that movie. Cause while it may not be the 
you know, obviously the classic Willy Wonka is the best Willy Wonka, but like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make that connection about like being terrified, it's, you know, that, that's something that's. Mm-hmm. It, it made my night. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess we're going home. <laughs> Gonna turn into a blueberry soon, so I'll say goodbye now. <laughs> oh. Aww. Yeah. Nah, oh, she fell asleep after, too, because of the sugar rush. So yeah. it all worked out. <laughs> and she woke up not a blueberry, so. <laughs> yeah. And she, and she way to like, ruin yeah, the ending, Mike. <laughs> he wasn't finished you know, the story. The ending Listen. of Mike's knee story. <laughs> Listen, the, we all wish we could just turn into blueberries and forget all our problems. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> none of us get that escape. I would, I would like to uh, leave capitalist society and live in some sort of Halloween-themed town in the middle of nowhere. I feel oh, like is there one? Is there a nightmare uh, place that you can go for? I don't know. It seems like the equivalent of Pioneer Village, but there's no mention of money, and everybody just seems to do their thing um, in Halloween Town, and that just really appeals to me. I would also like to see this series of short films of people who, or creatures who were born in the other holiday towns who realize that they can't live there and go to Halloween Town, and that's clearly how a Halloween town is formed. I would just, that's, yeah. a, that's a series I, that just lives in my head. I'd like somebody I, else to make it. Everybody who realizes how fucked up Thanksgiving town is, and they're like, oh, oh dang, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, the, uh, oh, our history of colonialism is really fucked yeah. up. I'm going to take all this scary shit somewhere else. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know which Patty's Day town is just Irish racism. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, it's just, I don't know which is worse. Don't go there, Jack Skellington. Or, uh, St. Paddy's Town. I don't know which one's worse. I would want to go to St. Paddy's Town, to oh, be honest. Like, I, chase the snakes. Chase the snakes. It's probably just like, it's probably some college, uh, uh, frost, I don't know, yeah. college kegger, St. Paddy's Day. Yeah. I was amusing about, do they have St. Patrick's Day, like, in the UK? Because, like, in the States... They didn't actively, they weren't the active colonial force in Ireland. Whereas, uh, I don't know, in the UK, if they're like celebrating it. They're like, goo! (laughs) But that's kind of what Thanksgiving is, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's when St. Patrick got the snakes out of Ireland or something, or rats? No, sorry, that's my piper. Snakes. Yeah. Snakes. Okay, thank you. Well, I think England has a what's that one? They got Guy Fox Day. Oh yeah, where they cool. yeah they burn effigies. Than, uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's imagine like we had a American Terrorist Day. Yeah, let's make oh. an effigy of a terrorist and burn them. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> take that, Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you could pick a terrorist. Let's take an American terrorist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little dark there. In Australia, Ned Kelly is one of our kind Ned of Kelly, yeah. heroes, and he's he's straight up a guy that murdered police and robbed people. Like he's not a heroic yeah. character, but we reframe him as like Robin Hood. Here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 he's a, he's the Australian Billy the Kid of the States. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, I've watched he, a bunch he, of Ned Kelly movies. They're great. I really enjoy so, them. <laughs> so he's, he's not the guy who wore all the weird like homemade armor, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ned Kelly was. 
but but when you hear his actual play, so kind of yeah. he got shot at, at a pub and it, and it was very kind of cinematic ending that he had. But what his actual goal had been is the reason, because they got shot in the legs because they didn't build leg armor. The reason they yeah. didn't build leg armor is their original plan was back then, the only way for the police to get there would have come on the train. So his plan was to ambush the train and they would have done it from above the hill. So he wouldn't have been able to be shot in the legs. And their goal was <laughs> to stop the train and shoot all of the police in Victoria and yeah. just, just kill them all so they could do kind of whatever they want. <laughs> oh, and wow. So like, he, he had this big goal to sort of get, get... Dream date? Yeah. 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 <laughs> murder, like this train full of people, essentially. But yeah, he's, yeah. he's a heroic figure in, in Australia. Yeah, yeah. and it's not weird. even in like an Al Capone style, like he created an organization. It's like he just shot a bunch of people yeah. Yeah, yeah, trying to do their jobs. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, I'm not pro-cop, but like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think um, it's time for quiz. Is it time for quiz? Okay. And I have a quiz for Tracy, but it's Star okay. Trek. Oh, <laughs> but, it, but it relates to Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Christmas and Star Trek? Okay. Is this, what did I do in a No, 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 no. This is, this is a tradition. Okay. To, uh, Sean and Tracy have to talk about Star Trek real actor Just a bit. Just a bit. with any. Um, I'm going to stop you, Sean, because you guys have already. Okay, so I was muted for a little while. Sean alerted me to being muted, and I knew I was muted because I had to go find new questions to ask you guys because you guys answered several questions that are part of the quiz. And I was like, I was like, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Sean, I'm going to stop you from whatever it is because it's probably the same thing i have written down and if i gotta oh. go search for a new thing i'm going to be very upset <laughs> okay <laughs> one more quick nightmare before uh christmas uh mention before we go sure. um there's a really fantastic album um which is a whole bunch of alternative bands that re-recorded um Nightmare before christmas songs it came oh. out actually again while we lived in japan i remember it being kind of big around then yeah um it, there's like Tiger Army, Fallout Boy, uh, Marilyn Manson, uh, all, all kinds of. Um, okay. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but if you look it up on Spotify, I'm sure it's easy enough to find. Um, yeah, it's the whole, it's every song from the movie, each one re recorded by a different band. So, yeah, it's, it's, cool. yeah, it's cool. worth checking out. I don't know how to find that. Yeah. I will also take a moment to plug uh, those of you who may have grown up goth at a certain time in a certain place will be well aware of um, Pop Will Eat Itself's uh, Ich bin ein Auslander uh, mashup with This Is Halloween, which is commonly found under the title Ausween. I cannot recommend it enough. I am. I was unaware. This is a betrayal of our marriage. What? How, did, not, how have you not known this? Alert me <laughs> of this track. Betrayal of our marriage. Impossible. <laughs> All right. Have you ever done the vows? Again, I will put that in with recommendations for alternative soundtracks. Thank you so much, Brendan. Perfect. Uh, Thank okay. you. Yes. Um, so as mentioned, um, so what I did was get some new questions, but I'm keeping all the old questions. Um, so this this quiz is a little bit longer, but you guys will probably do better on this one than the last one. 
Um, question wow. number one. I thought we did okay the last time. It seems <laughs> I think we didn't <laughs> perform to Tracy's standards. There was a lot of <laughs> hemming and hawing at the last one. Okay, I, I had a lot of waiting for you guys to answer stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true you did. Hmm. Uh, question number one. At the beginning of the film, as Jack slinks away from the praise and adoration, he passes a band and one of them calls him somewhat scandalous sounding name. Leah. Bone Daddy. What is nice work, Bone Daddy? Uh, Bone Daddy. Bone Daddy. <laughs> I heard that and I laughed for like 10 minutes. I was like, that's just wrong. Thank it's you. So <laughs> um, question number two. In the nightmare before Christmas, Jack finds the holiday doors. How many doors are there? Oh. Brendan. I'm going to go with six again. Uh, six that was my guess. So close, but incorrect. <laughs> Uh, Wait, who is that? Uh, Sean. Seven. Correct. There are Thanks, seven. <laughs> I was going to say six. <laughs> what are the What are the doors? The doors are Ooh. Valentine's Day, Easter, St. Patrick's Day, Independence Day, Thanksgiving, Halloween. Independence Day. Correct. It, it makes no sense. Um, <laughs> Halloween and Christmas. Those are the what seven doors. Verse? A selection of holidays in, right. in holiday <laughs> the, the funny thing oh. is when i was watching this i honestly thought there was a hanukkah tree i honestly thought there was a hanukkah tree yep. and i was shocked that there wasn't. and i was Nora like is probably what you were thinking of but yeah yes sorry yes um hanukkah tree? Did, is that what she said <laughs> yes. it's wonderful well, it no, is like, still hanukkah by the way yeah while we're recording this also for anybody being uh tracked down and uh, attempted murdered by killer Christmas toys. Can I suggest Judaism? Now it just seems like a good time to maybe bring it up. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a good time. Yes, agreed. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't detract you, from the whole You might get killed miserable. by a dreidel. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, no, probably have like a sharp, oh dear. Oh, I've gone to an Eli Roth Hanukkah place. All right, keep going, JC. <laughs> I was actually thinking it'd be like the mace that Gogo has in Kill Bill. The blades come out of the top and just like comes at you. Yeah. You know, kind of mm-hmm. Gimbal. <laughs> uh, question number three. The Halloween doorway is sandwiched between which two holidays? St. Patrick's Day and Thanksgiving. Incorrect. Okay. Sean. Uh, Thanksgiving and oh shit, I can't think of any, um, Easter? Arbor Day? Easter. It's just Easter. Incorrect. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they were trees. Maybe there's an Arbor Day. <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day. Incorrect. <laughs> Thanksgiving and Christmas. Incorrect. It's the Christmas. <laughs> Door, you can't, ah, nuts. It can't be sandwiched. <laughs> the Halloween door. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, do you guys give up? I give up. Oh, nobody gets a <laughs> point for this one. So the trees are not set up in chronological order. For some reason, the Halloween door is in between Independence Day and Christmas. Independence, Independence Day. Day. What, the, what the fuck? What is Come the, on, America? What is the symbol? No on one the else tree? cares about it. But you. It is a firecracker. It's Will Smith. Uh, it's like the bejesus. <laughs> I didn't catch that at all. <laughs> uh, question number four. What is the hair? Okay, sorry. Hold on. I, this is one of the questions I was writing while you guys were on, on mute. Okay. <laughs> what is in the hair of the guy under the stairs? 
Spiders. Spiders. Correct. Yeah. Oh, that's a great. Sorry, I didn't buzz in. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't Disqualified, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Tracy's a stippler. <laughs> um, question number five. The SCTV unknown and the screen matriarch of the McCallagher family also voices Sally in The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Leah shook first. I saw yeah. it. You're O'Hara. She's Catherine O'Hara. Yes, oh, Catherine O'Hara. It's Catherine O'Hara all the way down. <laughs> this film does not pass the Bechdel test, but also both of the main female characters are Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> <laughs> There's another actually... main female character? Shock. That's a considered a main female character? Can, um, the only other one that I can think of is yeah, the woman who is just a, a mother to the fat guy. The oh, fact that's kid. true. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I, I was wondering about this. Is okay. Uh, is there going back to love? Actually, is there like a a um, caveat in the Bechdel test about if the only thing women talk about when they're talking to each other is about uh, the thickness of their thighs? <laughs> <laughs> that might be a but. But Mike, uh, she was talking to the to. The, uh, whenever it was talked about, it was to a man, a woman. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. yeah. I, I don't think that that's actually true because obviously, <laughs> yeah. two women in that movie would never talk yeah. to each other. That's uh, very true. Uh, yeah, did but wait, if did. they did it, it, like if if horrible uh, underling boss manager uh, was like, oh, you mean the one with the thick thighs, and then she went outside and said that to another lady? Yeah. Technically, that would pass, like, if, if the two of them had names, yeah. that would pass the Bechdel <laughs> test. But if, if the two of them were just specifically talking about how fat a third lady was, I feel yeah. like it's it not... A, I mean, technically, if a woman comes home, we're not bitch. I feel like in a movie, be, that passes the Bechdel test. It does. Yeah, yeah I know. That could be the only thing that, that two women talk about, but... Yeah, yeah. and and the point it of the Bechdel test is, is that test. It's, it's very simple because it's not supposed to be a. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was Sorry. like the yeah, Alison Bechdel didn't so need it to be get, like uh, yeah, a thing. Uh, uh, do two women actually talk to each other in Love Actually? I, I, I just I just yeah. googled it. Uh, it. It passes and three Thompson times according to this website. Talks to Monica Lewinsky about my brother. No, uh, but that doesn't okay. count if she's talking about to, about a man. Uh, yeah, she can't talk about a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I no. closed it. I didn't. I didn't look at the examples. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm talk, Emma Thompson talks to her daughter, who was first lobster yes. in the nativity play. Yes, yes. Oh, There's no true. men talk okay. there. That's one. That's one. Right. So the but, daughter doesn't have a name. But again, the point of the test is is not to validate or invalidate any given movie. It's about to like getting metrics about the multiple point movies, and that's why it's such simple criteria. Is that yeah. it's it's like hey, if if. Forty percent of the of the movies released in a year don't even pass that test. That's a that's a problem. But it's not it's yeah. supposed to, it's not supposed to be a, a, a valuation of any given movie or whether it's good or yeah. bad. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. one. Yeah. That's not really a pass. Yeah. Like I'm right, not going to automatically point, think like, the movie. Love actually right is like whether it passes or not. That doesn't that doesn't make it a good or a feminist movie. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, it's like. The, the girls in the bar, would they count? They talk to each other. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I mean about yeah. sleeping with the guy, though. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. They, no, they, they, but also that they're they're lamenting the fact that they don't have any air conditioning. So they have to yeah, sleep. Yeah, they're talking about their crappy house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. sleep in a small bed. We'll be naked. 
<laughs> yeah. So. I, I hate that that eight, uh, 18 years ago when I saw something, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Which is me. Like, I, I know I was that guy. No, no but totally the, honestly, that it's a fantasy. Like, that's yeah. okay to be, yeah, yeah. be like, oh, yeah, I would also, you know, yeah. like to entertain a fantasy where four naked ladies are, uh, you know, of course, maybe we'll yeah. step back from that question. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I hope the coaches come be tonight. <laughs> but no, we just reached an excellent negotiation. Yeah, where I'm allowed to vote on who the naked ladies are, and so we're good oh. again. All right, that's yeah. great. Actually, I want to. I want to know. <laughs> so does Tracy's audience. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine uh, O'Hara. Oh, <laughs> Emma Thompson. Well, yeah. That's just yeah. for the story. Um. Okay. Uh, sorry, next sorry, question. It's okay. What are the names of the Boogie Boys? Wait, Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Shock and Barrel. Yes. Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Oh, sorry, I didn't. Oh, it's Shock, not Sock. Uh, Brandon got it right. Yes, he did. Buzzed okay. in yep. correctly, unlike Sean. I know. Yeah. Right? I just learned their names tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Next question: What is Zero's nose? Oh, it's a Brendan. little tiny Jack Lantern. Oh, Brendan oh. did it first. Yeah. Hey, sorry. What'd you say? I'll share that one because I clicked in and couldn't remember. Sorry. <laughs> and then you said it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." <laughs> <laughs> Very kind of you. Uh, yes. Um, okay. Next question. Uh, what well-known cartoon character can you get a glimpse of on the table where Jack does his experiments? Brendan. Is it Mickey Mouse? It is Mickey Mouse. There's a hidden Mickey on the table. So, yeah. Was that a guess? On the table. It was a guess. It was an educated guess of it being a Disney yeah. film. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. I was going to pick Bart Simpson, but uh, they just bought 20th Century recently. Not, it wasn't back then. That's okay. Yeah. 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 Let me say. Um, next question. Glenn Shaddix, who voices the mayor, is hilarious as Otho in this other Tim Burton Halloween classic. Leah. <laughs> Leah. Yay. As you guys. Say it like time. you guys. You the funny thing is you're sitting there and you were like spouting off all of this information about the movie and I'm like there's that question there's that question there's that question I was like no oh no you know how I, I don't know why we didn't do that with Love Actually too we <laughs> clearly taking notes <laughs> wait wait wait, wait. Take, so yeah. show oh, yeah. up again take a we screenshot a we, to talk about no then you'll then see all my notes oh, okay. my secrets are you kidding me. <laughs> All right, guys, we have one bonus question worth two points. Two points. Who's ready? Ready? All right. <laughs> Chris Sarandon, the speaking voice of Jackson, <laughs> Sean Archer. He's face nine. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys. I was going to be my, I was like, I, I was racking my Ridiculous. brain. And like, I, I'm like, I, okay, there's nobody in love actually from any stuff. And I'm like, nope. So I looked up the voice actors. I didn't like click into their names. I'm like, Chris Sarandon, Chris Sarandon. I know he's been in Star Trek and it came to me. He was in a Deep Space yeah. Nine episode where he had a, like, he had a like, he has, special he device. Yeah. And, and he, he sells it to Quark. And uh, he's also he's also in a Lorian, like a guy, uh, Guinan's race. I, I remember that for some reason. Oh, in one of the movies? 
Yeah, no, no, no. Well, no, uh, Alorians are Guinan, uh, and um, no, no, I know. Is, yeah, so he's he's an Alorian. Because I remember in the episode he talks about the Borg. Oh, I did not remember that part. Anyway, of it. sorry. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't go Star Trek at, at all, but could we connect Love Actually to Star Trek through Alan Rickman, who's in Galaxy Quest, which is like a parody of Star Trek? Yes. Yes, yes we totally can. <laughs> and Galaxy, yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, uh, one separation of Star Trek, two separations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it totally works. I actually think yeah. there are actors in Galaxy Quest that are in uh, Star Trek, to be honest. I think I already did this. Didn't I, didn't I already do this? Where I found well, um, what's his what? name? Uh, Dwight from The Office. He's oh, that's right. He's in Discovery. He's in Discovery. He's yeah. in Discovery. Yeah. That is I didn't even know that one. Yeah, yeah he was, he's Mud. He plays the Rainy, new version really of Mud. He was really fun as well. Yeah. But Mud as a character is kind of like the worst oh, person ever. In, in, the, in the original Star Trek series, he's basically a space pimp in the first episode. Yeah. He's selling miners, um, these robot women. And sorry, no, not robots. These women, but it turns out they're all old women, no, and no, he's got no. a magic, a magic Blue thing to make them young. Look, no, it's yeah. really problematic Small now. When you watch it. The uh, original series can be really sexist. <laughs> yeah, but. like you, like you rewatch them, and the ideas were there. You see what the ideas were, but you're just like, oh wow, yeah. that's just wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, also the Skirks. Yes. They're so short, sure. and Kirk has a yeoman in the first season. And she's giving him coffee and food. And yeah, imagine joining Starfleet to give the captain coffee. Yeah, he's got a yeoman in every season. Yeah, but but um, they got rid of her in the first season because. Um, but uh, little, no, it's okay because in Love Actually, like in it Love Actually, love Star Trek. Yeah. Um, you know, he would, he would, uh, th- there would be a, a Christmas confession and then they would. Because at Christmas, you always tell the truth, which. Brendan, I think you brought up, which I really like, that you don't tell the truth any other time of year. It's not a Christmas trope. <laughs> I'm going to stick with that. Love it. I only uh, tell the truth on Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> In honor of the movie. <laughs> I love that America became independent today. Also, Mike, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> can enjoy this meal I cooked for all 14 of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I mean, that's all I've got. Um, any more notes or anything about anything we've talked about so far? No? There's a lot of head shakes. Staring <laughs> off into the distance. You know, I think anything that I brought up at this point would set us off for another good half hour. So, you know, yes. I think I've I've shared what I need to share vis-a-vis, you know, slowly becoming a movie about Sally and also mm-hmm. all the tiny glorious points about the visuals in this movie. Yes, yes. Yep. So it all works out. It all works out. I, I um, think we've discussed every aspect that could be discussed about either movie, and there's <laughs> nothing left to be said. <laughs> yes, the last podcast yep. that ever discusses either movie. <laughs> Well, I would like to just say thank you so much for joining me this year for this extravaganza. Um, As usual, it's been a lot of fun uh, talking movies, watching movies, and spending a whole year with you guys. Thank you, Tracy. Love you too, Tracy. (laughs) Well, that's it for this episode and this year of Off My Shelf. 
I will be returning with new episodes on Jan 17th, 2022, where we'll be talking about the movies Labyrinth and Ladies Man. Until then, you can follow along on Instagram and Twitter at OhMyShelf, or you can send emails to OhMyShelf at gmail.com. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, a joyous Kwanzaa. Enjoy whatever you celebrate. See you in the new year. You forgot Life Day, Tracy. Oh, I forgot Life Day. Oh, no. And also, you own Ladies Man? Why? Oh, no. That was a hand-me-down from my brother, and it was there. Okay. Okay. That makes sense.